everybody. Welcome to episode 128 of Directly to You, a Fanatics 4 podcast. That's you. That's where you were pointing, Pete. If you're listening to this exactly. in audio form, you did not see Pete pointing, but maybe you heard it from like the wind. I don't know. Sound effect. In any case, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here. AJ's not here this week. Uh, I'm from Fanatics 4. Pete is from Loot Pots, and he joins here. Never. This is the first time because um, that gag is still going on. <laughs> first time, long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I see it. Um, so, like yeah, it's. Think- Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt your rigmarole. <laughs> cool. I don't. AJ usually does the rigmarole, so mine's very you know loosey goosey and such. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to support this podcast, first thing you do is definitely just like subscribe to the YouTube channel for it because that's helpful so that you can get all the episodes in the future. Also, subscribe to Fanax Four if you haven't already. Um, but then also, if you want to, you can join our Discord for free, or you can do other things and become a member of the channel for five dollars on YouTube or for free on twitch if you have twitch prime that you don't use like i often forget to um and then with all that you get what gaming time with us some free switch keys from time to time some other things that aj says uh support is only discord and that kind of stuff and aj also mentioned something about Grimhain made a playlist that he was like we should talk about that on the podcast and i was like what playlist and then he hasn't gotten back to me so i don't know we'll let y'all know about that sometime yeah, later we talked about it <laughs> we mentioned it so grim Hain, let me know about the playlist because i don't even know and i'm part of this thing so that's that good um, job aj yeah but what were you gonna say a second ago I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i let that one go it was it was a relevant comment at the time but it is gone <laughs> no no longer all right well cool that's all the housekeeping we have i'm sure there's other things you can let us know in the comments if there were things that i probably forgot to mention but in any case we'll keep going into uh the first segment what you playing pete so uh i have been a bad nintendo fan this summer <laughs> i've been playing a lot of playstation games uh-huh. um i just came off of platinuming uh ghost of tsushima recently which nice. is a lovely game love it a lot um tweeted about it a lot <laughs> and um i i had been playing persona 5 before mm-hmm. that and i had gotten to like about roughly halfway through the game maybe a little bit more than that mm-hmm. and it had a, reached a really natural like pausing point right as ghost had come out Mm-hmm. Um, so coming off of Ghost, I was very eager to get back into Persona 5 Royal, and now I'm, I think I'm like 75-ish hours in. Um, mm-hmm. For those who know, it's the Casino <laughs> Palace, so okay. that will contextualize it without sure. spoiling anything. Yeah. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm getting real, real close to wrapping it up, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of bittersweet because the story started to kind of uh, crest. You know, Mm -hmm. and I can, like, feel that it's ramping up to end, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I know I still have, you know, it being Persona 5. I've got, like, another 30 or 40 hours with it. But um, I'm starting to get a little bit, like, (laughs) sad. I'm starting to get a little nostalgic about it. I feel like that's the way... Yeah, I feel like that's the way a game should end. As opposed to... There is a number of games that I've played before... Prime example being World of Light. And it's, I mean, in and of itself, it's not a game, but the World of Light and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, mm. where like it's, you're like, oh, it's about to be over. Okay, that was a fun ride. And then it turns out that was a fake out. And then there's like yeah. way more of a game than there should be. Like, out, over saying it's welcome, long story short, is like, don't do that. You know, like Return of the King. I love Lord of the Rings, but Return of the King, it's like, okay, how many endings are you going to have? It's like, what, um, we have 45 so- more minutes in this thing? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that said, that's always nice when a game is like, 
you know, after the game's done, you can feel like, I mean, which you haven't finished yet, so you don't know, but it sounds like from everybody else's impressions, that'll probably be the case where you'll still, you know, think of it fondly afterwards and not overstay its welcome. From from what I've heard, uh, the ending of Royal specifically is like, amazing top tier mm. so like i uh, i'm very much looking forward to it because it's been uh it's been a really great ride and you know it's funny because i knew i was really enjoying the game i had gotten into it but i think taking time away from it and then coming mm-hmm. back to it i was almost worried you know because that's- i was gonna ask actually about exactly that because like there's a lot of times you're like well uh, like I need to, I need to get on to Steve about getting back to Divinity Original Sin too, because I know he picked that up, and uh, it's so good. But Please. like, he... Steve needs to get back to Fire Emblem, which he played that's... less than forty-five oh, minutes my... of, despite the fact that it was my game of the year. Yep, that's yeah, blasphemy, killing <laughs> me. Uh, but yeah, that's that's usually a. Uh... Mm-hmm like a problem for me you know yeah. like if i walk away from a game and i come back um like mm-hmm. i had the problem with horizon like i loved horizon zero dawn but coming back to the dlc was really tough because mm-hmm. i was just like ah, i don't really remember how to play and you know the rhythm's been shaken yeah. but i think with persona it was i had to get acclimated to the controls again of like what like what button does what again and, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing but because i had stopped at such a you know i'd finished a palace and then mm-hmm. there's always like a kind of a breadth of like you know waiting for the mm-hmm. next story beat to happen after you beat one of the the palaces um so it was like a perfect time to have i knew exactly where i ended and i knew what was coming next so i kind mm-hmm. of was able to just slot right back in and and just pick it right back up and um i think it's actually making me appreciate it even more because i had like as i was wrapping up ghost and i was kind of ready to be done with ghost yeah. i was like man i really miss persona like i'm eager to get <laughs> back to it and then getting back to it has been just like i'm right locked back in in that i'm thinking about it all the time i can't That's wait to cool. sit down and, and chip away at it whenever i get a minute i feel like um, especially with like turn-based rpg kind of stuff that probably suits that well on a mechanics front yes whereas like I dropped off Dark Souls when Smash <laughs> came out. I dropped off at Orenstein and Smaug or whatever that boss fight is, which is like notoriously one of the most annoying mm-hmm. slash hardest. I don't know. But it's like, it's a you know well-known boss fight from there. And I had tried it like three times. Smash came out. I played that instead. And now it's like, there's no way that my hand coordination is going to like- Your chops are just remember. gone. Yeah, I'm done. I mean, like that game, I'm like, I- I appreciate it. I now know more or less what Dark Souls is. I don't know what happens after that, but like, eh, whatever. It's <laughs> so, like I respect it, but I can't. Yeah, I can't go back. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely that. I was there's definitely a lot of games of that, that are like that with me. Yeah, but I'm glad that it's not been that way. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm really, really pleased because I. Um, one of my best friends uh, is a huge Persona fan. And mm-hmm. actually, a couple of my best friends are big Persona fans. I'm not a huge Persona fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not oh, yet. true. Um, but <laughs> I, I couldn't connect with the first one. Mm-hmm. And Royal has so many, like, really, with really... The, wait, with the first Persona 5? Yes. With it's Persona that 5. different? In, yeah, it really oh, is. And, and I, think, I think the marketing of the game kind of undersells how different mm. it is. Because, like, yes, I would say probably 90% of the story beats are the same. Uh, but, like, the quality of life changes are, like, next level in terms mm-hmm. of, like, there are, like, certain abilities that totally change the flow of battle that used mm-hmm. to be locked behind doing certain, like, side content stuff that now they just give you right away, you know? And, like, nice. um, 
used to be more limited in like when you could save the game, which made the pacing of it. Like that was the biggest problem that I had with it, where whenever you'd go into a palace, you couldn't save unless you were in a safe room or mm-hmm. you were done with mm-hmm. it. And it would be like, like you know, I just want to turn this off and play Netflix right now or watch <laughs> Netflix right now. And I didn't have a smart TV yet. So it's like my PlayStation 4 was my media device, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was like this whole thing of just like, this is, it's just, it won't let me play the game the way I want to play it. Mm-hmm. And I have never had that problem with Royal. And I think it is also benefited by the fact that I do have a smart TV. So all I use my PlayStation for now is gaming. But mm-hmm. I think just those little tweaks here and there, plus the actual substantial mm-hmm. addition of content that wouldn't have been there had I gotten further, mm-hmm. um, really, really like struck the right balance and made a game that, I, I wanted to love, but I couldn't yeah. like a game that I totally fell hell over, head over heels for. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, all things considered with how this year played out and how it affected games and everything. And, you know, obviously a lot of Nintendo fans specifically, it's like I'm throwing salt in the wound by saying this, but <laughs> having that gap and not yeah. having games that I needed to play or felt motivated to play for coverage or anything like that, or, you know, just like, being able to go back and check things off my backlog, I, I, it, it, it's something that I am so glad that I had the experience that I mm-hmm. did with it because I came this close to never touching it, you know, yeah. and knowing I would never touch it. Yep. Yeah, that's how I, I feel like I'm about to be there again where I can play backlog stuff. Because for a while, like, I played Paper Mario when it came out. Prior to that, I played, I don't know, like, a number of things. I was playing them as they came out. And now we're just getting to a point where, well, I'll be talking about them in just a second, but like, I just, I'm finishing up um, an indie game that I got a code for last week. Um, And then at that point, I've just got backlog stuff, which is kind of, which is nice, I think, you know, like having those to be able to go back to and finish up. So it should be fun. But yeah, some of those games real quick. Um, I, last week there was the indie direct and there were a lot of cool games that were announced in the yeah. indie direct. I wanted to ask for more codes than I did, but I didn't because I was like, I won't have time for all of them. Um, <laughs> so, but I did play, uh, finished two games and am in the middle of a third one. So I'm going to give quick little reviews, more or less of those. I'm uh, very about- interested to hear about these because some of them yeah. piqued my interest, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if I wanted to buy them. One of these, um, I will say, if you don't buy it, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Um, ooh, I wonder, I wonder if you know which one it is so far. Um, maybe not. So the first one. Okay, yeah. I mean, probably from like Twitter and stuff. But in any case, uh, first one I played was Raji and Ancient Epic, which is mm-hmm. the the one in the like the Indian game um, that like a lot of people were really excited about. And so, yeah, I played that, finished it. I was mostly done, I think, last week by the time the podcast came out. Maybe not quite. Maybe I was like halfway done or so. It's not a super long game. I think probably it took me in the realm of like five hours or so. Okay. That's Um, digestible. Yeah, so for sure. And like some of this will be repeats from last week that I mentioned, but it does feel kind of like a top-down stripped down a little bit prince of persia kind of game and in, in some respects except for instead of in you know egyptian kind of context it's in indian context and like overall i feel like the things that it does well are the combat um ex- there's i think three boss fights and the boss fights i didn't particularly like mm. very much they they felt more like a nuisance than anything else it was i mean sort of within the same way that like it, 
a little bit how Dark Souls bosses, you were just chipping away at them all the time, but the ways in which you're chipping away at these bosses just didn't feel quite as rewarding. Um, and it isn't like a Dark Souls kind of game in that respect. So, so I don't know that the bosses were done super well, but the combat with the regular enemies I enjoyed. And um, so I thought the combat was done pretty well. Um, you get like four different weapons and they have different ways of using them in combos and stuff like that that's fun. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed was just like the world in general, like yeah, seeing yeah. Indian stuff and all that Indian mythology. And the way the story's presented is very like, I don't know, feels both authentic and also the a lot of the like story during the game the narration is taking place from it's like some gods um that are talking to each other what like as oh that's cool you're doing that's a cool framing device yeah it is yeah and like you so you as the character never talk to them but you hear them the whole time they're like ah see she's understanding now that kind of thing which is like that's fun and the voice acting's pretty good so like that's that's uh Helpful, that's like, like tough with indie games sometimes like it, it really can be mm-hmm. like a hit or miss thing especially for like a younger studio you know where it's like we only have so much budget and yep. like if you're gonna cut corners it's gonna be with like acting right yeah it's like you, know, you you want the game to be the tightest part right so exactly, that's cool yeah. that's cool to hear i wonder um, too with that if like bollywood and that kind of thing and the fact that acting is such a big thing in india yeah helps reinforce it <clears throat> excuse me um just because there probably is just a big talent pool at that point. Whereas like, yeah, there are so many indie games that are just, just bad voice acting. I mean, even like real, like triple A games sometimes can have bad voice acting. Even good games, right? Like plenty of good games have bad voice acting. Um, So that's cool. Yeah. This one like definitely was interesting to me. I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure about the comp, like the, the actual gameplay, like the Mm -hmm. combat was something that like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around, like if it looked fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we, Steve and I talked about it on the podcast like mm-hmm. last week, where I was very drawn to the idea of like playing a game that's made by an Indian studio, just because you know, like I, I literally have no idea what the video game scene is like in India, because yeah. like I've never heard of a game from an Indian studio. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of like one coming to the West is really cool, because I mean, you know, like you said, like I can't even think of a game where I've seen like Indian <laughs> architecture, yeah. Or, like, you know, like, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mobs that are like inspired by Indian mythology. Like those are things that like, you know, so many other ones have been done to death or like Mm -hmm. have at least one, you know, like God of War, like has great, a great take on North Norse mythology in the latest Mm -hmm. one. Right. Or like a whole series of games about Greek mythology and there's Uh age of mythology. Oh, you know, there's plenty of that stuff, but you know, I've always been really fascinated by Indian culture because it's like mm-hmm. it's um, it's the same reason I think Chinese culture is really interesting because it's such an old culture, hmm. you know? Yeah, right. And like especially compared to like being an American, you know, <laughs> or like our country is 200 years old. It's like you have thousands of years of culture and mythology and architecture and music mm-hmm. to pull from. And it's like stuff that, you know, I'm so, so like barely exposed to as a mm-hmm. Westerner. So like that was really, really appealing to me. So the idea that yeah. like, that's the stuff that you feel like really stood out. Yeah. It's cool. You know, I'm glad it was cool. It. Yeah, for sure. I think, so I think in terms of like the gameplay, the things like the combat was, was fun. Um, but the kind of downside of it is I feel like, and I'll compare this with another one in a minute too. Um, but the, what's the best way of saying this? Like it tried to have a big scope 
but like it's kind of a shallow big scope as mm. opposed to having a deep smaller scope you know what i'm trying yes. to say yeah um it's like a it's like a mild wide and uh an inch deep kind that of kind of a thing yeah and it's not like it i've definitely seen some games that are way more you know like do this more egregiously and stuff so i i didn't feel it too bad about this but in terms of things that i would want like again i mentioned some of this stuff last week but like um that there's not a whole lot to interact with in the world outside of the enemies and stuff but it's like there's you can't like like break pots and you know tables and stuff like that it's just kind of like you're just going through and um they're just more obstacles or anything than anything else so all that to say i thought it was a good game i think it's i want to say it's 25 or 30 dollars or whatever which i feel like for for four or five hours of gameplay um and a like sort of shallow story i think the mythology is really interesting the story itself is a little bit bare bones yeah um so i'd probably say if if you're interested in it probably it'll go on sale at some point so maybe Mm -hmm. hold off till then but it was fun so if if you're really interested in the mythology part then i think that's the part that mostly sells it i think Um, the price was the thing that gave me the most pause yeah a little steep for what it looks like it's offering Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so and based on what you've told me, I think that sounds yeah, which I do wonder in general if indies are I don't know, this is a much bigger conversation, but because of the success of indies, if now, whereas in the past, like Stardew Valley was like, I don't know, 15 bucks, like yeah. give me give me 15 bucks, I guess. Now it's like, oh, well, yeah, we're an indie, but we're doing this, so it's like they'll charge more. I don't know. It's the same kind of comparison I make with Craigslist where people used to be like, oh, I, I mean, I can sell, I can make money off this old junk. Like, I, I mean, not calling indie games junk, but like the kind of mentality of like, who would even want this kind of thing? I guess I'll try as opposed yeah. to then now um, it like you go in with high expectations of like people are going to give thousands of dollars for, <laughs> you know, whatever. I think, I think it really depends on, the scope of the studio mm-hmm. because like i think um to to use the stardew exa- uh, valley example right like mm-hmm. uh if you and i highly recommend you do if you haven't oh, yeah. read uh That's jason great. schreier's book blood sweat and pixels right, um yeah great great book about game development and there's a chapter about stardew valley and the uh if you're not aware like the entire game almost the entire game was made by one person yeah. over the course of like years um so Obviously, it's kind of hard to quantify how much that labor should have cost or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you're only a one-person team and you only need to make as much money as you need to make for, like, that one person, I feel like it's easier to justify being, like, my game's $15, take a Mm -hmm. shot on it, versus, like, you know, this you know, Indian development studio, which like we said, we have no idea what the yeah. landscape of making games in India is like, how expensive it is, how hard it is to get like your game actually out on the market, mm-hmm. how many employees they have. So it's like, they might need to charge this much for it just to justify its existence in right. a way that like a Stardew Valley or even like a Shovel Knight that got kickstarted, like maybe mm-hmm. doesn't need to. And, you know, I'm not sure this game might've been kickstarted, but. Um, I think it was actually come to think of it, but that, that makes it? the price a little bit like more. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe knock it down to twenty. Yeah, maybe, right. You know? I mean, um, and even then, like the the Craigslist comparison is much more of a broad. Like I've been thinking about that for a while. Um, yeah. But but that said, so it's not specifically to do with this game. But nevertheless, I think it's an like an interesting angle of the whole thing of seeing how indie games have kind of trended up in the past couple of years. 
yeah, for sure. Designs. But the next one is Gleamlight. Uh, I played that, came out last week, was not in this Indie Direct, but was in the Indie Direct, uh, I think last December, I'm pretty sure. This is the one, it looked like Hollow Knight, but stained glass, like uncanny Hollow Knight, but stained glass from the trailer. Yeah, okay, I remember this. So after playing it, um, interesting thoughts. So (laughs) one bit that's interesting about this too is they responded to it looking like Hollow Knight, like the... Uh, not, I don't know, the criticism of people saying that it looked too much like the observation. Yes, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> um, and they, it seems like they were uh, pretty um, resistant to it, um, which makes sense after That's having fair. played the game. Um, just because the actual like world building feels pretty different as far as like what they're going for. However, mm-hmm. definitely the way he moves the way he like swings his sword, the sounds effects and the kind of environment definitely still gives kind of a Hollow Knight vibe. Like the aesthetic feels like it's based, uh, it's very similar to Hollow Knight, but the actual gameplay yeah. loop is not, if that makes sense. No, totally. I, I, and it's like, it sucks because I can totally understand them getting defensive about that. Cause I can only imagine how it feels to, like work on this game for like, you know, four or five years or whatever. And like put, you know, all this money and time mm-hmm. into it. And then people are like, oh yeah, it's a Hollow Knight. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not yeah. Hollow Knight. Like just play yeah. it. Give it, give it a chance. I feel like with that, it, it would have been easier maybe from, if I were, you know, on their PR side or something, it might've been easier to say like, oh, we can see the similarities, but trust us, the gameplay is very different or, you know, something like that. Right. But nevertheless, the game, you know, then just speaks for itself after once it's out and people can actually play it. Um, but yeah, here's so, my- how did you feel about it? <laughs> here's- I thought that there's one major way in which it sh- it shoots itself in the foot, but otherwise it's a pretty good game. Um, the main thing is, and it's not, it almost would be a spoiler if I didn't think that this is the make it or break it for the game. Um, okay. It It's built around kind of having like secret ending sort of things and it therefore ends way sooner than it should. As in, when you beat a certain boss, credits roll, you think the game's done after literally like an hour. And then, um, but then if you reload your save, there's much more game to play. But there's nothing that like- you out? It does. But the thing is, there's nothing to like really indicate it within the game. And I I think the goal was that people would just talk about it on forums and that kind of thing. But I went and looked at like Steam reviews and stuff. And I think so many people are like, oh, this game sucks. Like it was fine and all like the gameplay was all right, but it only was an hour long and like blah, blah, blah. But then it only has a five out of 10 on Steam. Yeah, exactly. That's that's harsh. I, looking at all, I mean, some of them were like, oh, I reloaded the save and it turns out there's more. And like, it's, you know, it's, but yeah, a lot of the comments, it, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't signal the fact that there's more of the game. So essentially you're making your way through the world. Um, it's not a Metroidvania, but it does have upgrade, uh, kind of unlockable uh, upgrades and not upgrades, but you know, power-ups and not yeah. power-ups. What's the word? Oh, okay. <laughs> Abilities. Thank okay. <laughs> Doing a bad job. Um, so it has a lot no, of give yourself a break. abilities throughout the game, um, which do help you to traverse differently and stuff like that. But there's just no backtracking. Well, okay. That's not entirely true because the whole second part of the game is backtracking. <laughs> where you're pretty much working your way down in a very linear fashion. Like there's 
not a lot of secrets or anything like that, but you're just fighting enemies, fight a couple bosses, fight a boss, and then reload your save after the credits roll. And then you have to work your way back up where you just came back down, which as we can all assume, going up is harder than coming down. Um, so, and there's more bosses going up and that kind of stuff. So like it was, I had a fun time with it in the end. And like, even after the second save reload and the fake out, you, again, this would be a spoiler, but you have to delete your save to then come back and be able to start the game again with all of your power-ups. So again, a bit odd. Um, and like, that feels like a thing that it should probably communicate to you. Like, it sounds like, yeah. and, and I hate to do this because they got upset when they were compared to another very popular <laughs> game, but it sounds like they're trying to Undertale. like- Undertale. Yep. That was yeah, exactly was say, my thought. Yes. It sounds like they're trying to pull off some Undertale nonsense, yeah. but like not doing a good job of it because like yeah. the way that Undertale does it, like- it's in the middle of a thing happening and you're like, did mm-hmm. the game just crash? Like what just happened? <laughs> you know, like it, like it fakes you out in a way yeah. that like, I don't know, it, it, it works and it feels authentic. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not like a thing that you could miss, you know? Right. Exactly. It like go, it like goats you into it, you know? Or so that was exactly the, com- the comparison that I made with, what I think they were trying to go for. So, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I, and I even recommended it to them because after the second time I was like, it seems like I should be able to reload another time, but I can't tell what I'm doing wrong. Cause when I try to, it just pretty much doesn't. So I emailed them back and I was like, Hey, am I missing something? Is this a bug? And they were like, Oh, if you notice the delete save data is now in red instead of in white, which is, I think the only hint that it's really supposed to give uh... that it's different. And I was like, that's, and I was, and so I just told them, I was like, I think it would be helpful if it was just indicated a little bit more strongly within the game. I don't know. There's probably nothing you can change about it right now, but thanks for letting me know anyway. Um, so all that to say f- for everybody, for all everybody listening, if you're going to get this game, uh, which it's 20 bucks and it feels a little steep again, to be perfectly honest at $20. Because even after I played through it back and forth, it probably was, I don't know. I mean, not that time justifies it or whatever, but it didn't feel like a super like new and fresh experience. That is such so a tough I wait thing for to quantify. Save. Yeah, you know, like I uh, the the argument of like what is a game worth? Right? Yeah, because like because I'm with you. Where like I don't think that it's it's about the time invested. Like that's yeah. a that's a relevant factor. I think um, there's like a a scale of time plus new experiences of yeah. like if it's a decent chunk of time of like fun gameplay but old experiences then that's worth this similar maybe ish i don't know to new experiences that's less time or something like that you know i'm sure there's more factors and a lot of it is also just personal preference uh, right yeah because like i think you can make the argument that a game like stardew valley you know is like worth way more than 15 dollars because it's like limitless yeah. like you could play it forever um <laughs> But you could also, like, I would make the argument that, like, I would pay a lot more than $15 for Undertale. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite games of all time. Like, yep. you know, I'd pay, I'd pay $60 for Undertale, you know, yep. um, because it's, I think it's that good, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, people, you know, like, people pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for wo- World of Warcraft because they pay 15 bucks a month. So it yeah. just, like, goes on and on. So as, you know, as far as how to quantify that, this feels like another one of those games that, like, $20 feels a little bit steep to me for it um but if you've already if you haven't played hollow knight i'm so sorry play hollow knight um if you already have and you'd like something like it but kind of like a little bit i don't know pared down a bit 
may I'd say check this game out, but maybe when it goes on sale a little bit. I I had a fun time with it, but it's yeah, same kind of thing. It felt a little bit shallow. Not like a lot of secrets. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not good at reviews. I apologize. (laughs) But no, you're doing good. One more. We got one more. One more. This one, it's gonna be easy. Um, this is the one that I was gonna say if you're gonna you need to play this game at some point. Um, it is so good. Spirit Fair for those of you who don't have this document open, which is everybody but me and Pete. <laughs> this uh, this was one that really caught my eye um, in the the Nintendo Direct, and I know Steve uh, got into it and was enjoying it quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, has he it, beat it, it at this point? Do you know? I I don't know if he has beat it yet. He hadn't right. when we talked about it last week. We're gonna be we're actually recording the show on Sunday this week. Usually we do it on Thursdays, mm-hmm. so. Um, I'll have to find out. And if you want to find out, you'll have to go tune into the, uh, this week's episode of the podcast. That's right. All podcast hosting platforms. Uh, Loopots.com. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I thought this one was interesting because like, it reminded me of um, like, uh, what is it called? Fallout Shelter. You know, oh, it was, like, interesting. Like base management sim uh-huh. kind of game. Cause like you have to build out your ship and everything. Uh-huh. But like, obviously it also has like a story, like conversation element. Mm-hmm. And those are like, two things I really like is a good management <laughs> sim and a good story game where I get to know characters. And yeah. You know, so I've never played fallout shelter. So I didn't even make that comparison. I would say it feels more like animal crossing new horizons, but instead mm-hmm. of building out on an Island, you're building it up on a ship. Sure. Um, because yeah, you start out with a small ship and you've got upgrades and stuff and you add more and more um, little, you know, buildings and resources and stuff. Pete, you frozen. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, cool. Your video is just a little bit frozen, but, Here, you know, I'll, it'll uh, come back when it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll keep... Um, oh, it is. Look at that. Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I mean, the, the gameplay loop is, again, very, like, story stuff out the wazoo, and it... Uh, meeting characters and getting to know them and stuff, and it's all super cute. And I think the big picture of this is as opposed to earlier when I was talking about games that feel like they're too broad, but not necessarily deep enough. This mm-hmm. feels like it actually, it still has a really big scope, but it has a very focused scope at the same time. Like everything that they did, they decided we're going to make this thing be as good as it can. Um, so like all of the activities that you do as well, like, you know, I mean, like in, like in Stardew Valley, you know how when you fish, it's like, it's a little fishing mini game or whatever. Yeah. Um, same kind of thing with this, with all the different activities. So like when you uh, chop down trees, it's, I guess that's one of the less interesting mini games, but you just have to like saw to the left and to the right and stuff. And that's not too bad. But a lot of the other ones feel like if you do a good job at the thing, you get rewarded better. But if you don't do a good job at it, you just get normal rewards. Yeah, so for example, level. yeah, exactly. So if you bring in, um, logs to the sawmill there's it's a little mini game where you've got to like saw kind of along the lines as it so like the logs coming left to right and then you've got to like keep up your cursor or whatever with the little line that comes across it okay Uh, and the better you do at that the more planks you get out of it so all this pretty meaningless outside of you know if you're not playing the game but the the big picture is that with all these things if you master the way that you're doing them, it'll be more efficient, which just feels more fun and all that. But yeah, it, all the animation is so beautiful. And like, yeah, this, this game, I think it's, I think it's also $30. Is that right? It is $30. Yeah. Um, 
to give you a baseline, because I called this out before, it has mm-hmm. a 10 out of 10 on Steam. Yeah. Um, but if you click on it, it says 95% positive. So okay. that's, that's ringing endorsement either way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this, I, I mean, I would definitely say if you're into like Animal Crossing type things or something about it at the beginning and still kind of here and there gives me like a little bit of a Steven Universe vibe. Like, oh, you just the, sold me, brother. You just sold me. <laughs> I'm in. Just like the joyfulness of it and like the interactions. And then it's like not all of the interactions that you have are always happy, but they're always heartfelt. You know what I mean? Yes. And so oh, that's. <laughs> Speak my language. It's, it's so good. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I'm still in the middle of it. I don't know how long I've, how much time I've put into it so far, but I can definitely tell I've still got a little ways to go. And I think if you want to like hundred percent it, you know, get all the upgrades to everything, then I don't know how long it'll take, but a decent chunk of time, uh, you know, maybe like accor- 20 hours or something. According to thegamer.com, it's yeah. 20 hours. Yes. Hey, for uh, completionist or just to beat? So I just clicked how long to beat. And uh-huh. for main story, it says two and a half hours uh, on how long to beat. Main and extras is 30. Completionist is 42. How two and a half? I don't even know how you 20, Sorry, that. 21 and a half. Oh, half. my bad. <laughs> you did. I <laughs> totally misspoke. I meant 21 and a half is for the main story. Excuse me. Oh boy, howdy. Okay, that makes sense. Um, cool, yeah. So in that case, I mean, that's plenty of gameplay of like and every minute. It's like, I mean, same kind of thing as Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley where you always feel like there's, well, especially the beginning of Animal Crossing where you just always feel like there's tons of things you can go do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like there's a tiny bit of stress where it's like, oh, I want to make sure I get enough things done or whatever. And there's a day and night cycle, but there's not a day of the week or day of the month cycle like in Stardew Valley, which to be honest, always stresses me out. And yeah. I, I stopped playing Stardew Valley at one point because I was – a other things came up and uh, I was, I mean, I put like 85 hours into it or something ridiculous. Well, that's not that ridiculous for Stardew Valley players, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like uh, the hardcore, cause that's like probably how much I put into it. Yeah. And I remember mentioning that and like, uh, you know, even my, my fiance, Sarah will like laugh yeah. and be like, oh, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I put a decent amount of time into it, but I, I would sometimes, if I felt like I had an unproductive day, just restart the day completely because I just like didn't want to get to the next season without having done certain things or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Whereas this, your time. exactly. And this doesn't feel like any of that. This so, is why you should play Persona. That's a huge oh, part of Persona. Yeah. Making good use of your time and everything, you know? I play should it. play Persona. If it comes to Switch, I would be more than happy to play it. But that's a coward's answer. I oh, made that excuse is. for years. hundred <laughs> percent it's a coward's answer. It's, I love coward's answers when it comes to stuff like this. Um, but that is, uh, that's all the games that I'm playing in any case. That's all the games you're playing, I think, as well, right? Yeah, sorry, I, sorry yeah. for the YouTube viewers. I'm like ducking out of the screen so I can plug my Switch <laughs> in and buy Spirit Fair. Yes, sold them on it. It's so good, man. I, oh, I'm very enjoying it. So those are those games. I, uh, yeah, let me know if you're interested in any of those games in the comments because I'd like to know if we sold anybody on any of them too. I am interested. Uh, <laughs> yep, but you know who else tried to sell us on stuff? is Nintendo tried to sell us on some new games coming out with their Nintendo Direct Mini Partners presentation this week. And it was, it was rough, <laughs> if we're being fully honest. Not a great one. And uh, yeah. I, I was one of the two people on the internet who defended the first one because I was like, hey, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is a big deal, everybody. You better listen up. But this one, 
Yeah, it. I do wonder in their minds what we're not even to be perfectly. I don't. We're not going to go through all the like normally with directs. We'll be like this game and this game and this game and this game. Um, were there any standout ones to you? Because I don't think there was besides maybe Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories. Man, I, all right. I'm going to use this as an opportunity because I mm-hmm. have a lot of feelings about that game. Cool. I feel like that game is like, so I, I used to love Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 were my jam as a child. There was several years where I would have told you that Kingdom Hearts 2 was my favorite game of all time. Nice. Um, yeah. I, could, I did not and could not finish Kingdom Hearts 3. I would love to go back to it and try again someday, but Lord knows if I will. Uh, it's Persona 5 vibes all over there. Uh-huh. Um, and this is like, exe- like this is so exemplary of like my exhaustion with this franchise. I'm at the point where I'm like, no, Kingdom Hearts 3 should have been it. We should just be done with this now. Yeah. And, I, and like, I know that saying that, like the Kingdom Hearts mafia is going to come for me. Like I've just revoked my Kingdom Hearts fan card by saying that publicly. <laughs> But, like, I think I'm at a point where I'm, like, this, this is what we're doing? Maybe mm. just let it end. Yeah. Maybe we just walk away from Kingdom Hearts for a while. Yeah. It took, like, two decades for me to get – I was in junior high school when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. And then a, me as a nearly 30-year-old man <laughs> had to try to reconnect with Kingdom Hearts. I guess I wasn't nearly 30 at the time, but – Either way, it was yeah. not, it was too long. And then yeah. now you're telling me we got a rhythm game. No, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it is so weird too. The fact that they, I haven't played a single Kingdom Hearts game for the record for anybody who wants to know. Um, but the fact that they mentioned like relive all of your Kingdom Hearts memories. And you're like, I, if I'm a Switch owner who hasn't, I have no Kingdom Hearts memories. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why don't you put Kingdom Hearts on the Switch first, Square Enix? Don't give me that. Yeah, so I don't know. It's that's that was very new. I mean, that's awesome that it's coming for you know anybody who wants to play it or something. But it, I I feel yeah. I I yeah. want. Do you think most Kingdom Hearts fans feel like you do about that, or are you? I, I, I so the thing is, I think that there are two kinds of Kingdom Hearts fans in this world. Mm-hmm. I think that there are real like real Kingdom Hearts fans, and they eat every drop mm-hmm. of this nonsense <laughs> up. And I mean that with all the love in the world, okay? Yeah. I consider myself one of you. <laughs> but then there's, I think, fans like me who mm-hmm. are like lapsed fans where it's like, I really love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I've played probably 90% of the side games. I think there's two or three that I've missed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I never played the one on PSP uh, just because I, I didn't have access to a PSP at that time. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah so like i i have very small gaps in my kingdom hearts experience but i'm not one of the people who like can tell like i couldn't really explain the lord to you even though i've experienced (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm like i like i i have a real soft spot in my heart for kingdom hearts and a real nostalgia for it and like i love the music and Mm -hmm. like it elicits something from me that's very genuine, but in the same breath, I like can see it for all of the nonsense and mm-hmm. like how, you know, like when you're like, oh, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Like my response to that is like, cool, don't. Like just <laughs> don't do it. It's because it's, I don't know, man. You're like, will you like it? Maybe. Like you yeah. might, it's good in some ways, but it's also frustratingly obtuse yeah. in a lot of other ways. I wonder, something about this makes me, 
remind i never watched game of thrones but at this point i don't think i'm ever going to watch game of thrones because i i know that people like i don't really know how it ends but i know people just hated the last season so much that it makes me like what's the point of watching the why invest in this just to be upset exactly (laughs) and that's i've tried to get my wife to watch uh lost several times but she knows how it ends she knows everybody was mad about the ending and all that stuff and so she just like can't it's like why bother yeah exactly and i'm like i i get it but it like it also is really good for a lot of it but at the same time if you're always thinking about it in the context of like where it ended up then it's like is that makes it hard to enjoy in the present you know yeah i had a conversation about that with um uh, a coworker actually where mm-hmm. <clears throat> he he was a huge Game of Thrones fan and then like was so mad at the last season where he's like I'll never watch it again because <laughs> it like it's tainted my yeah. experience because yeah. now it's like I watch it and I watch these character arcs being set up and I know that they go nowhere I yep. know that they are not sat so it's like why even yeah. which is why have you watched Fringe before no oh man it's so good if you want to show that like the second time watching it i started watching it a second time and then they took it off whatever streaming service and so like i've got it on dvd but i'm so lazy i'm not gonna put in a new dvd (laughs) all the time but nevertheless that's one of jj abrams shows that i feel like finishes with like it closes up 95 percent of the story loop or whatever mm-hmm. um like there's little bits and pieces that's like what happened to them and eh, i just don't think about them but when you watch it a second time you'll go back through and see stuff in season one it's like th- this was this was already in their mind for from season one for the rest or so that's that's a little uh all that stuff but back to the direct. <laughs> Sorry it's volumes about how interesting this direct yeah. was that we're just like let's talk about tv yeah exactly uh, the to, so to answer your question, the one thing that stood out to me as being something I might actually be interested in was Poyo World Blue. of Tanks Blitz. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's another game where it's like, I know it's existed for like 10 years and it's like I didn't a even know it deal in China, but like I've never played it and no. no interest. Yeah. Um, but Poyo Poyo Tetris yeah. too. I really loved Poyo Poyo Tetris. It was my mm-hmm. favorite, like one of my favorite games on the Switch when the Switch was a young console and had a, a very, very small library. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is... I don't know that I want a two. Like I have mm. the first one and that's it's what like, I was wondering. What's different? I didn't, what's so different about it than the first one? Cause I didn't really play the first one to be honest. So it says it includes all the modes from the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, plus there is there's special items and challenges, mode. new skill battle mode, which has a character has character based skills and item cards that can be equipped to power the team and quickly turn the tables on opponents. In adventure mm-hmm. mode, players will traverse, blah, 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 blah. There's a I mean, new I story, new this, characters. I don't know, man. It's like, that doesn't sound interesting to me. The thing, like, it, it feels like a similar question to, like, why is there a Splatoon 2? And you can just have Splatoon 1. I mean, maybe it's probably different than that, but, like, one of those things where it's just continuing. But it's not even bringing it to a new platform. I don't know. No, it's just, like, it just feels it's like, hey, here's more. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, right. I don't. I didn't really like do the story stuff in that game. Right. Anyway. Like I just yeah. played the game, you know, yeah. and like that still works. And I have Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, so it's like right. Ah, well, <laughs> like, and if that's the best thing, and I'm like, yeah, who yeah. needs it? It's like, yeah, not a strong direct. No, for sure. And I mean, that's not to say if you're out there and you're like, I loved that they talked about Jump Force Deluxe Edition coming to Switch. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, something like that. That's awesome. But yeah, I think all things considered. I don't even feel like talking about any more of the games themselves, but more no. just like 
we have a Q&A question, actually. This is from YouTube community. No, normally, our Q&A is a little bit later, but I pulled this one up because it's relevant. And uh, Matthias or Matthias, I don't know how you pronounce your name, but it's something like that. Uh, thanks for commenting. Asked, is Nintendo done with General Directs? Will there ever be one taking place in the future? And to be honest, we've talked about Direct so much. I don't want to go into it super long, but I feel like it's worth talking about for a little bit. I will, if you want to be really, really succinct about it, I would say <laughs> no and yes. <laughs> They're not done with General Directs. Yeah. There will definitely be another Direct in the future. I don't know why people are so committed to that narrative. Like, I know that there has been, I know that there are a lot of people who have these very weird caveats where they're like, well, an indie world doesn't count as a direct and an Animal mm. Crossing direct isn't a direct. So there hasn't been a general direct in 500 days, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, even if that's true, I don't think that that means anything, right? Like right. in every single one of these directs that we've had in 2020, and there have been directs in 2020, in my opinion, mm. um, they've all said that this, these have been affected by COVID and they're subject to change. Yep. Nintendo has already embarrassed themselves by announcing games early and then having us be like, where are they though? Look at Metroid <laughs> Prime, yeah, right? Like right. there was that story how they were like just hiring a director. Like that game's mm -hmm. years away. And they totally shot themselves in the foot and whipped people up into a frenzy and then had to make a public apology about it. They don't want that. Yeah. So if there's any level of disruption of their normal plan of their normal schedule why announce something if you're not sure that you can get it across the finish line especially mm -hmm. when they've shown with like paper mario right that wasn't in a direct all they had to do was announce it and release it and it's it broke records for paper mario games yeah like they have the benefit of the switch and the fact that switch players are hungry for software and mm -hmm. they'll they'll figure it out you know that like even people who don't like care about video games the way that we do they just have a switch and want stuff on it they go on the shop and they see paper mario and they'll be like oh cool paper mario great got it you i know, think so the, yeah the tricky thing is so in my opinion i i agree i don't think we're done with general directs um but also if we were like i don't know we'll figure it out but um i i suspect it's possible 2020 maybe down the general like we're kind of running out of time for them to announce stuff for 2020 for general yeah. with general directs but that's not to say that they're done forever necessarily it it or i don't think that it necessarily means yeah that they're done with them um i feel like probably the next couple of weeks would be their last chances to do it and if they don't then like don't be expecting it because i said that obviously but if they were going to it would be within the first couple weeks of september to announce anything else for the holiday season first party or third party yeah. um and if they don't then yeah 2020s you know maybe gonna get another couple twitter drops but that's probably it and then we'll just kind of be moving on to 2021 <laughs> yeah right and and i i think that that's that's probably true like i, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't <laughs> another general direct this year but i think i think the for me, the smoking gun of the fact that directs are not going anywhere is that they are putting out directs right now that are called right. general partner directs. And you might mm -hmm. not be satisfied with the quality of them, mm -hmm. but they wouldn't still be using the direct brand name if they were trying to, to sunset it. So right. yeah. I think right now they're gun shy about announcing yeah. big things. 
and yeah, which I mean, get like, back to I think they feel confident. I get that on one hand. I, I mean, I definitely get it. I feel like they're being overly conservative in some regards. I would agree. I would definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah. Because the thing like, is, right, like the tease we got for Breath of the Wild 2 mm-hmm. was super hype and people yeah. loved it. And yeah. like, if they just gave us similar levels of, hey, this exists and it's coming, we don't have a firm date for you, people exactly. would not be complaining the way that Because I think the thing too is like, so I put out a tweet earlier that was a, a meme. It was the um, jealous boyfriend meme or jealous girlfriend, whatever, distracted boyfriend meme of, yeah. you know, like uh, Nintendo in 2020. And like pretty much the gist being that they're, they're doing fine monetarily. They're selling tons yep. of switches and all that. But, and so I think at this point, it's possible that their internal rhetoric is something to the effect of like, okay, well, we don't have a lot of new stuff coming out, but we can like kind of hold over until 2021 and then we'll, you know, do, we'll sell new stuff then. But like for right now, existing Switch users are just going to have to buy like what we have and we'll just focus on getting new people in the door. And my only problem, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So I, I think my only problem with that, because in theory, on a money sense, that, that makes sense. Um, my only problem with it is whether or not it uh, alienates or loses the attention of existing users um, because, and thereby not only just like people being like, eh, Switch isn't getting anything, I'm just going to sell my Switch, which like I've had one or two friends in real life do that, be like, I played Breath of the Wild, there's nothing else really coming out for me. Um, and they're more like core gamer, core gamers or whatever. Um, but what it could mean also is that like any of the more toxic of the Switch fan base that are like, Nintendo's not doing anything. Because I feel like most of us and most of you listening to this are somewhere in the middle ground of like, yeah. like this kind of sucks, but you know, whatever. Um, but if somebody were to ask one of those kind of more, uh, less, uh, I don't know, more erratic Switch fans, <laughs> is it worth buying a Switch this holiday? Like, should I buy a Switch in 2020? Then there's a good chance that if all of the community's hype is really bad or whatever, that you just be like, nah, don't even worry about it. I think I the, re- the response to that, though, because mm-hmm. I, I think you're right that there are some people that feel that way. But I have to say, like, and, I, you know, I don't I make no bones about saying this kind of stuff on, on our show where it's like, I think you're a baby. (laughs) No, honestly, like, I think it's like a very much like an entitlement thing of like, they Mm -hmm. owe me games, man. I bought a Switch. Like, I don't think that you can ever make the argument that it's not, that it's a bad time to buy a Switch. Mm Because if you're buying a Switch in 2020, in holiday 2020, you haven't played Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart 8 and Super Mario Odyssey and Mm -hmm. Smash Brothers and Animal Crossing and uh, Pokemon and the mm-hmm. DLC that came out for Pokemon this year <laughs> and Fire Emblem and the list goes on and on and on and not to mention the amazing library of indies that are available. Mm-hmm. So even if you're just a I only play big Nintendo games gamer and I'm not interested in playing indies or anything like that. If you're a new Switch owner, there's like 12 really really high quality AAA Nintendo games that you could yeah. buy brand new with your brand new Switch and have you know a a wonderful old time Mm -hmm. and be busy and be and be occupied and i think the thing is that the average gamer that doesn't or not the average i guess the average gamer yeah they're not Mm -hmm. like core person right right yeah who maybe only buys two or three games a year you know or or only plays you know one game a year Mm -hmm. right like they could probably just play Breath of the Wild for a whole year and they'd be set, right? Like, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> the, the, that kind of person doesn't need the level of software that you or I do, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or that the angry Nintendo fans right now, the disgruntled Nintendo fans mm-hmm. feel like they need. So I think the reality of the situation is there's more than enough games to keep a new player occupied for another mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. And, you know, for us to be in 2020, the year of our Lord, the third <laughs> year in the Nintendo's uh, life cycle, and for that to be the first year where there's kind of a software drought. And I say Mm -hmm. kind of because Animal Crossing came out this year and whether or not you like Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing is a juggernaut. And Pokemon had DLC and Paper Mm -hmm. Mario, the best, fastest selling Paper Mario game came out this year. Mm -hmm. And we're getting ports. Which for the record was a great game for anybody who didn't play. Go on. You love that, right? And we got (laughs) ports of uh, Xenoblade, which Mm -hmm. another game that was really well received and sold really well. And Pikmin 3 coming up, which is a game that I'm really excited to play later this year. So mm-hmm. even if it is a slower year, it's not a bad year. It's just a soft year. Mm-hmm. And soft years happen in every console's life cycle. It's yeah. just right now, I think it's it feels really bad because A, you're stuck at home and you want games to play. B, PS4 is going out with a bang and has yeah. put out a ton of really, really great hot games this year that were exclusive to the platform, right? With Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy and Ghost and Last of Us that were like games that will be in that conversation. And Xbox and Sony are like, look, new consoles, new games, next generation. Like, I feel like that's a really big thing is like the comparison there of like, look at all these games they're announcing and we're not announcing any. But like, like, in reality, it's like, they kind of have to announce all those games and they've been holding on to those for a long time. So like, it's, you know, not a fair comparison to necessarily make anyway. But I yeah, I do feel like, you know, Nintendo is playing things closer to the chest than they probably should. But at the same I time, agree. I get it. You know, exactly. It's not like I'm not mad about it. And I'm happy to wait. And so, but I, the thing that has been speculated and is very possible, and this leads us into our next bit, is whether they're saving... They're like kind of stockpiling some things for 2021 to make that a bigger year because of the rumors that we had this week, which is what I made my video on, um, the Nintendo Switch Pro. And I'm again, ready to talk. I'm ready to talk <laughs> about this one, brother. This is, a, this is a very interesting topic. Yeah. So um, yeah, Nintendo Switch Pro. I made a video called the problems of the Nintendo Switch or the problem of the Nintendo Switch Pro, uh, which the, so the premise uh, is that there's kind of three main issues that are things that it needs to overcome to be able to do well. The first being um, just like where it fits into the market, whether it's, yeah, just, just how it differentiates itself from the original one and makes itself feel like a worthwhile purchase yeah. or whatever. And, and like in which way does it do that? Because like we've yeah. seen historically, obviously with the 3DS probably being like the most direct analog from Nintendo, mm-hmm. but even with like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox, uh, yeah. One X? X? Yeah, one X, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so okay. That, and then the second bit being just, like, the power side of it, like, does it try to be super, super powerful and then have to have exclusive games? And I said, no, that, A, no way. just for so many reasons, it's not going to do that. Um, or do the new Nintendo 3DS kind of route, which is what I was saying probably would be the case. And then the last bit of just, like, the problem of... <laughs> Right. The fact that right now we're just talking about it so much means that like already, and I saw several comments on the video, which just goes to reinforce it of people being like, but maybe I should wait for the Switch Pro and not buy a Switch now because like, 
they still are rumors. So it's still possible. Yeah. We've been having these rumors from day one. I, I mentioned in that video and people know my friend Chad, like legit didn't buy a switch for three years because he kept, there kept being more rumors of a switch pro. And he was like, I'm just going to wait for a switch pro. Um, and then finally animal crossing came out and his wife was like, um, can we get a switch? And it was like, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think the thing is though, and not to like discount that as like, yeah. that is a consumer. It's that a exists. small audience. <laughs> right. And, and I think, I think, um, I think this is a problem again, that, like we as commentators and as like i am a capital g gamer right um who like tweets about games and listens to podcasts or records podcasts or makes mm -hmm. youtube videos like you think of all gamers as being people who play or who are like you and uh -huh. like you don't think about like you know uh, johnny two games or <laughs> you know his five-year-old daughter or right. you know like whatever right like and those people are a people who buy a ton of video games and that like gamers don't count mm -hmm. as part of the market even though they're a huge part of the market uh especially for nintendo right yeah. like as the family friendly like if you're a you know mm -hmm. suburban mom who's 40 years old and doesn't know anything about video games you know what a nintendo is and it's like yeah. great i can get that my kid can play mario fine great i mean even on top of that like so another friend of mine um, recently got a switch that he's a dad he plays games i mentioned him or i actually interviewed his son on a video like three weeks ago and oh my god i remember that was precious. yeah it was so <laughs> cute but anyways so they finally got a switch last week um and like thinking about them even if if i was like hey chris by the way a switch pro is coming out in you know six months or whatever he'd be like cool i i would still have bought the original one like he's not cheap one yeah exactly exactly so like i think once it comes out there's like 10 percent of people are gonna buy a the maybe not even 10 percent will buy the switch pro first and foremost and then everybody else buying it is you and me who are like i'm gonna upgrade to the switch pro you know that kind of thing so like it's it's yeah, not even that nice much of an screen. issue <laughs> yeah oh oh yeah it does 1080 and handheld yeah i'll sign up for yeah. that it's like, do i need this Heck no. Will nope. I buy it? Heck yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what are your before? So we've got like, I pulled three comments to talk about, but what are your expectations of what you would think based on these rumors or whatever else, yeah. the switch pro to be like launch window, any of that kind of stuff. I have a, I have a hard theory now mm -hmm. where I think it lands. So uh, my expectations for it as a unit are, I think it will be a um, substantial, but marginal increase in power. Like, mm -hmm. I think it will be very similar to, like, um, the PS4, you know, or, or, you know, 1X or whatever, where it's, like, it doesn't have software that's exclusive to it, but it plays all software better, right? Maybe it's a 1080p screen instead of 720, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that they're going to mess with 4K probably until two generations from now. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I think I think the idea of it being, like, oh, well, like, yes, it, you know, all it does is play your games but it plays them better and like mm -hmm. you know very much like where you could get the uh you brought up the new 3ds and while that did have exclusive software mm -hmm. i'm thinking more like how they the big selling point of it of them exemplifying the power was like look how much faster it loads smash right oh, like it yeah, loads right. in two seconds and it runs smoother and yeah. like i think that's going to be the sell and yep. i think when they're going to put it out i actually think it's going to come out in march around the same mm -hmm. time as the original switch did and i also think that's when when breath of the wild 2 is going to come yep. out so I think that it's going to be very much like a, hey, 
You love your Switch. <laughs> it's its fourth anniversary. Here's the new the Switch Pro along with, guess what, the sequel to the best game that you played on the Nintendo Switch, Breath of the Wild. Four of don't all you wanna, time. Right? And don't you want to <laughs> have your brand new Switch with your brand new Breath of the Wild experience? Uh-huh. And yeah, absolutely I do. Are you kidding me? I'll buy that bundle they want <laughs> for no reason, but I'll yeah. do it. I think that's, yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of game that you want to get new hardware for. It's just like, you know, if they announce Animal Crossing, like you can buy a Switch Pro and Animal Crossing. Like the same audience, the same me's in the world would be like, I mean, yeah, I'll get a Switch Pro and I'll get Animal Crossing, but that's not the thing that's like making me excited for the Switch Pro. Whereas Breath of the Wild is like, yes, I would like to play that. It's like, oh, remember how great Hyrule Feel was, but it was kind of frustrating that there were frame rate problems? <laughs> Not anymore. Like, yeah. here you go. You can walk yeah. through a forest and the, tree, the leaves fall and it's a fine, you know? Like, that's all they need to show me, really, because I love my Switch and mm. I don't feel like I need an upgrade. But if you can give me one that's like more storage, snappier memory, mm-hmm. you know, just like little quality of life changes yeah. like that and the prices not insane, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm, I'm all about it. I mean, and honestly, with the new 3DS thing, I, th- I wonder if the reason there were exclusive games with it was less for the power reasons and more for the extra nub. Like, because I'm pretty sure... The ones that I can think of off the top of my head are only Xenoblade four. Chronicles. Yeah, so, okay, Xenoblade Chronicles, Monster Hunter, um, something, something. Minecraft is one of them. Minecraft. And I, I think know. there's one more. So, but all of those use the C-Stick for yeah. control. I, I feel like that's the whole reason that those are exclusive games to it. And that's it. Um, so that said, I, I don't think there would be any differences like that with this switch to need um, to have exclusives. And I just don't think anybody's going to want to put exclusives out. Cause like install base and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to segment your market. Yeah, like right. it, it doesn't make sense. And maybe like with the 3ds, you could make the argument that it, it's like, they were experimenting with something there, but like, I don't, you know, those games all sold really poorly. So yeah, I they think learned their like, lesson. Like, lesson learned, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't want to, you're already making more money by selling me a premium unit. You don't need to like sell me on it. You know, like I think, right. I think, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I'd like to think that they would learn the lesson that I think, um, I think Sony and, and Microsoft did a great job with that, with the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. Pro and the Xbox One uh, X, where it was very much like, if, if you like the snotty kind of, you know, gamer retort of like, well, why do I even need this? Like, I don't have a 4K TV. I don't care. And they're like, well, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Make it as seamless as possible. But it's like, if you want to upgrade, here you go. Here's the but option. then like, you just do it. And then that's it. So, yeah, I mean, like, like I upgraded from the original Switch to the t- barely revision of <laughs> the battery life. Or battery life. Yeah. And like, it's been great. And it was very easy to do it. So like, that was, I feel like it'll be the same thing, but and, something they actually know. So here's some comments and we'll keep talking, um, but here's the comments. Uh, Pablo Arias said, the new 3DS route is probably the one they'll take, but I think with the right marketing and trying to keep compatibility with the original Switch, but slowly moving away from it, which they kind of did with the 3DS. They could take advantage of the generational leap that's happening at the end of the year to launch substantially better hardware closer to PS5 slash Xbox Series X. I've always said I wish every game was playable on a Switch, and that is what would make me buy a new one. There's already some impressive ports, but if they could somehow manage to get new releases on the Switch at the same time as other consoles, I think many users would move to the Pro. That I don't think will happen. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, I I agree with what 
what Pablo's putting down like in spirit of that mm-hmm. would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think Nintendo's interested in doing that. And I think that particularly when you look at how well Animal Crossing sold and stuff, like third parties are not why people own a Switch. And I know that there are lots of gamers, um, particularly like, you know, the diehard Nintendo fans who are like, well, I want to play everything on my Switch. I only want to have to own a Switch. I don't want Mm -hmm. these other units. I just don't think that that's the game that Nintendo's playing. Um, And I especially don't think that if they were going to do that, they would do that with a like 0.5. Because mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, you even made in your own comment comment here, Pablo, it's like they they would keep compatibility with the original Switch. Mm-hmm. That by necessity means that the kind of games that you're talking about couldn't exist. Because if you want it to not split the market, you can't put out games that only work on the new Switch, Switch Pro, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't be possible for the, the kinds of, you know, like top level PS5, Xbox mm-hmm. games that we're talking about to run on the Switch as it is. You know, the Switch yeah. as it is is already less powerful than the PS4 and the Xbox One base level. So mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. I think, I mean, I I could see down the road maybe kind of seeing what, um, like what Xbox has going on where like at this point, if you go into a store, you're probably more likely to see an Xbox One X than you are an Xbox. In that kind of sense of like, new people will probably have more i mean this is like pretty far down the road but like that the nintendo switch og will kind of phase out and the pro would be you know what new users are buying more it's possible but but i don't think i still don't think there would be exclusive games you know to it because at that point there's people who are like yeah i bought the switch in 2020 and i want to keep playing it for several years and it's yeah, I just don't really see that part happening. I, I think Nintendo is going to keep uh, console generations, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm with you in terms of the idea of them putting out a Switch Pro and then slowly phasing out the original unit in favor mm-hmm. of of that. Or you know, I mean, that's like what that. they did with the the DS, the right. 3DS, and all that kind of stuff. So, like, that's I mean, and then the Game Boy and all that kind of stuff. That for their handhelds, especially, like that model has worked. But I think probably what it'll, it'll do is as their the Nintendo Swap comes out the Nintendo Switch Pro will keep going under it, but the Nintendo right. Switch will phase out. So it'll be kind of like- In the same way they do with thing. the 3DS, right? Where they're yeah. like, the 3DS is not going away yeah. until people stop buying it and then it goes away. Yeah, you know? exactly. And to me, I think the kind of stuff that you're talking about, Pablo, of like wanting to push that's hardware that's like closer to PS5, Xbox Series X, you got to wait for Switch 2. And I yeah. think even then, don't expect it to be that powerful. <laughs> it won't be. You know, like, I don't think that's the game Nintendo's trying to play. I but I think they've proved by, they don't need to. Right, exactly. I still stand by um, that cloud gaming would be a good intermediary solution. But Dude, if we, it's not going to happen because of... I think it would have... It would be with xCloud and it's... That would be amazing, though. And I don't, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I really don't. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I predict that happening. Right. But if there was a Nintendo Direct where Nintendo was like... Or an Xbox event, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Phil Spencer comes out and he's like, mm-hmm. we're so excited to bring the power of xCloud to our free Nintendo. I mean, thing. you know, that, that's that possible- could be a thing. It yeah, could- the thing is, they, um, there was, I think Phil Spencer himself said some quote to the effect of that they were trying, they're trying to get it on all platforms and stuff. They're obviously having trouble with iOS, but I want to say there was some quote where he mentioned like trying to get Nintendo to do it and Nintendo was like, yeah, we're going to pass on Games Pass because there are a lot of questions that come up with that. Like, does Nintendo get a cut of those 
game? Like, how does the yeah, money exactly yeah. work? So, like, that's definitely a thing. But that said, if Nintendo, if they could at least work together on the X Cloud part of it, that would be something. I'll I feel tell you like what. Games Pass has to be <laughs> the way. I'll to, tell you what, though, I, I would pay extra for that. Yeah. Like, if if Nintendo was like, hey, we'll put it on Switch, but you need to pay an additional five dollars a month. Yep. For us to get a kickback. Honestly, I'd be like, that, yeah, yeah, forget right. it. Are you kidding me? Sure. Yep. Why I not? could say, oh, I, okay. And here's the other thing that had come up at the time too, is what does that mean for games that are on Game Pass, but also for sale on Switch? Um, because yeah. that is the one thing is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you have a special version of Game Pass that doesn't have Spirit Fairer on it? Or what do you do? You know? Or so. maybe like Game Pass games don't work. You can only do it with games that you purchased on Xbox. But even then it's like, how does that work? Like, you know, Nintendo, Nintendo would have to get a cut. Yeah, and I don't right. know that how that's going to play out. But like, mm-hmm. it, it, I'll say this. It literally could happen. <laughs> literally yeah. could. We'll see. Yeah. I would love it's that. Very true. I mean, I think everybody at this point is also used to the model of, cause like the, the question of like, well, what happens? Like I've bought it. What happens when the service goes away or whatever? Everybody's used to Netflix and used to whatever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I pay for, pay for these things. But like, I also know eventually I won't have stranger things access because I'm going to stop paying for Netflix when it, yeah. you know, something you like sacrifice that. ownership for convenience. Yeah, exactly. And, and access to like more content, you know? Yeah. Uh, next comment comes from Jeff, who says, I think it's still too early for a Switch Pro, definitely on how successful the Switch is right now. In my opinion, I would prefer they put more money into the first-party games instead, but if a Switch Pro does end up happening, at least a, a built-in streaming services like PS4 has. Huh. I don't know. I, I don't agree. I don't think it's too early for a Switch Pro. I think we're, we're coming up on four years, mm-hmm. which I think at best is halfway through the life cycle right at worst you maybe have two or three more years yeah Yeah, like it could you know we could be winding down here Mm -hmm. um so i think like i get what you're saying in terms of like how successful the switch is already but Mm -hmm. i think it's the same thing with when people like there was a a huge market of like again us kind of gamers who were like who would ever buy a switch like this is a (laughs) terrible move it's like well it's not for you you know like it's for families it's for kids it's yep. to have a second unit whatever um not saying that there aren't core gamers who have them yeah you know, i'm not trying to like right. you know um, I, on you break. offended a lot of people just now Excuse i'm so sorry <laughs> um but with this like i i think i think that's another mistake that people fall into of being like i don't want them to spend money on this i want them to spend money on games like the mm-hmm. money they spend on hardware r&d is not that same money and right. like Nintendo's fine. Them developing another mm-hmm. console isn't taking away from game development. If yeah. anything, it's fully separate teams that are working on stuff. It's yeah, it's it's, it's potentially a revenue stream. Yeah, right. And the thing is too. I mean, I mentioned this in the video, but like, I think the way that at least I and you as well are envisioning the pro is it's additive rather than re- replacement or whatever, or like iterative. Yeah, like it, exactly. You know, it's not as much of a a, a next step mm-hmm. as I think a lot of people are thinking of it. Yeah, because in, in that case, if this were like phasing out the original Switch, because the only reason I said phasing out the Switch is just like, yeah, like several years down the road where it's just like they're going to make more stock of whichever one they want people to be buying or whichever one is selling more, something like that. Or like just as we- they can sell it for less money. Yeah, exactly, right. And because that's what they did, like looking at the 3D or the, the two... 
the DS or and the 3DS, honestly. 3DS, it's just like DS family. <laughs> all of those, if you look at like when each thing came out, it was like the DS, the DS Lite, the DSi, the DSi XL, 3DS, 3DS XL, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And it like kind of tears down, but- um, and they you know, phase out one as one becomes the right. standard, right? But like, that's also because they are all the Game Boy. right. Game Boy yeah, but it is because they're ultimately the same console, just kind of different iterations of the same thing. As opposed to, yeah, if this were a next gen Switch, that would be a whole different story. It would be too early for that, a thousand percent. Like this is going to be selling the same games, just you know, running a bit better. Right. Um, last right. question or last comment, sorry. It's from Banjo Bob who says, all I really want from Switch Revision is Bluetooth headphone support, better Wi-Fi chip with faster speeds and longer range, and Joy-Con drift to be definitively fixed. Anything beyond that would be nice, but I don't expect a huge power increase in performance or anything. You've got the right expectations, Bob. <laughs> this is a reasonable comment and I really appreciate it. <laughs> That there were a lot like, of reasonable comments, yeah. I was... want 4K streaming, and I want all the PlayStation exclusive. No, guys, uh -huh. all right, look, just like, dream for a better Wi-Fi chip. That's attainable. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, somewhere, in Pat Green kept saying a camera, and I, that would be interesting. I don't know, I feel like it would be, yeah, as long as it doesn't have games that are based on it, that would be the only problem because then they are exclusive. But if you have, you can have games that have extra features That's that true. it's like, if you have a Switch Pro, you can use the camera because that would be fun. So who's to say? It'd be That's fun time. Fun. Uh, any last thoughts on the Switch Pro before we get into our last segment of q and I'm looking forward to it. And I hope, uh, I hope that it lives up to my expectations, which mm -hmm. are, I think, very, very measured. So <laughs> I just yeah. really want a nicer screen, better battery life. Like that's mm -hmm. really it. If they did you have, did you get the better battery life switch? I have a launch switch still. Okay. Um, gotcha. I didn't think it was worth upgrading for that. It's, I, I mean, I, the only reason I really got it was for that. And then I gave Ashley my old one. So it just like worked out well in that kind of I bought sense. Sarah a switch right before that one came out. <laughs> Last. Missed it yeah. by just, just a few months. Missed me but, you know, that much. Fine. Yeah. My launch switch is in surprisingly good shape for how much I use it. Um, so I'm, I'm good until they really give me like, I want something that's yeah. like a, a nice meaty upgrade, you know? Yep. I feel you. Good stuff. All right. Now we get to the last section of the podcast this is Q and a, we've got a lot of questions, so we'll just see how these go. Let's um, in. First of all, from YouTube community, here we go. Uh, the Pagan gang, Pagan gang. I don't know. Paganging? The Pagonging said, what's your favorite Nintendo franchise? And before you say it, I feel like we can guess each other's. So on, th on three, yes, but I, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, one, one, two, uh, Pokemon. I think yours is Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the right guess. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, Pokemon is like the, I liked games before Pokemon, but Pokemon mm -hmm. was what made me fall in love with games. Yeah. And like, I still love to play competitive to this day. Like, mm -hmm. um, if you're watching the YouTube video, my, my Blastoise behind <laughs> it. And I have, this is yeah. actually a, a fun little thing I just bought. It's a vintage uh -huh. Japanese Pikachu set. That's and, like the box cool. is in perfect shape. That's Beautiful. awesome. Beautiful. Love it. That's like the original, like kind of chubby Pikachu. Oh yeah. yeah. Love Look, it. We got it. It's a chunky <laughs> boy on this box. Look at him. That's so right good. Now, the back is probably better. Oh, classic. Oh, gee. Look at, look at Ash with his like super wide set eyes. What's going on? I here? know. Yeah. He looks really awkward, especially in oh, reverse. 
this is only barely related and mostly it's actually not at all. But um, I was over at my friend Chris and Steph's house, the, the ones that just bought a Switch, and their daughter was watching some Beauty and the Beast Christmas movie from like around the time Beauty and the Beast came out back in the day. Oh yeah, I remember those. And whoever did the animation on it was, it was like a B tier you know, team or something. And it was like a direct so video many, thing. It, yes, exactly. There were so many shots where Belle's eyes are like out here and it was the it was so so awful and funny at the same time. It was great. That is all. So to guess yours, I don't know that I have like an immediate like I feel like with mine, like I talk about Pokemon so much every time I yeah. come on the show. I don't know yours off the top of my head. For what it's worth, we've mentioned it a couple of times in this video already. I mean in this podcast already. We so. did? We did. What's your fate? What I feel like it's an idiot. Zelda. Now. You silly. Okay. See, I was going to guess Zelda, but I guess it wasn't a guess. (laughs) Probably said it and I just didn't clock it. Uh, Oh, no. I I don't mean we talked about what it was. I just meant we talked about Zelda in this. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like, Like you told me that and I forgot already. Do I need to go to the doctor? (laughs) I mean, I mentioned that it's the best game of all time, Breath of the Wild specifically, but, you know, outside of that. No, but yeah. um, I mean, Pokemon was what got me into gaming at all. That was just the first game I ever played was Pokemon Blue. But um, of course, yeah, I don't know. I think the fact that Zelda is the thing that got me back into gaming almost says more, I think, about it at this point in my I life. I feel that. So, because um, yeah, I, I hadn't played really anything at all prior to getting a Wii again in 2016 and then played Twilight Princess on it. Um, which a lot of people don't like Twilight Princess, but I was like, man, Zelda, doing doing the most. Good job, Zelda. And it was a fun time. Um, and then played, you know, a little bit more stuff, but then Breath of the Wild came out, and then that was the thing that really got its hooks back into me. It's reawoke, reawoke the passion. Burning. How could it not? I mean, Breath of the Wild, man. Like, Breath of the Wild, not my favorite game, but I, I would make the argument, I don't, I don't, know that there's a game that you can make a better case for Mm -hmm. that it's the best game ever right you know what i mean like it's like it might not be my all-time i I personally quite do know what you mean (laughs) just like in objective like um there's a a a buddy of mine who uh is on another podcast the gamer delphia podcast and he um he doesn't like breath of the wild Mm -hmm. and i'm like that is the most garbage take i've that's like it's like being like, you know, like, I feel like water's kind of overrated. It's like, shut up. <laughs> what are you talking about, Breath of the Wild? Is Does he good? like other Zelda games? Yeah. Okay, so I, I think there's several camps of people that don't like Breath of the Wild. Uh, the main one is people who love Zelda and don't like the ways in which Breath of the Wild changed it. Yeah, no, I get it. They're just wrong. Right. Like, it's like, oh yeah, like no, you changed it. It's yep. like right, yeah, and it's better now. Yeah. I talked Sorry. to a friend of mine uh that from high school that I hadn't talked to in forever, and I was like, Oh, you're into gaming? I didn't know. And he's like, Yeah, man. And he mentioned something about Breath of the Wild and how it's my favorite game. And he was like, Man, I, I tried and I just couldn't. And then we like talked about it for a bit, and then pretty much I convinced him to he was like, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like some of those things, but those things aren't bad. I just was mad that they were different okay, I guess it is a great game. <laughs> I was like, mm. Yeah. Solid. I feel like uh, that is like one of my biggest frustrations with like the way that people express their opinions about art where it's like, right. I don't like it, so it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's like, they're not the same thing. Like yeah. something cannot be like, when people are like, oh, like I don't like, I, I don't like Animal Crossing because it's mm-hmm. not a real game and it's bad. It's like, <laughs> 
No, you just don't like it, and that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, I don't like Call of Duty, but I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not mm-hmm. for me. You yeah. know, like, that's okay. You know, like, I think for me, a, the, a measure of whether something's good or bad has a lot more to do with whether it's disingenuous or not than yeah. some things, especially when thinking about like music or something like that. Like, I, um, I don't know like pop country or whatever. Like I actually, I worked in the pop country industry for two and a half years and I just, yeah, not about it because it's like, you know, it's all very like cardboard cutout kinds of yeah stuff. And like, especially having like, I've written many a song and I, oh, I actually, <laughs> I forgot about this. I'm uh okay, this is very tangenty. My wife and I are adopting we're trying to do a bunch of fundraising stuff because adopting is super, super expensive. But one of those things is I'm putting out a bunch of music that I'm like, I did, but I never put out. Some of that is a very brief period of time that I was like, maybe I'll just try writing country stuff. Not because I like country at all, but just because like, it's a career. I'm in Nashville. Why not? We and make I've got money. <laughs> I've got some of those songs that I have yet to put out, but I'm planning to at some point soon. And it is it is a riot and a half. Um, that's, that's all. So exciting. But all that to say, yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. The Just main saying, point. Things this are good. Has nothing to do with anything. But we got on country music. I'm gonna say yeah. this. If you are like, I don't like country music because mm-hmm. like, you've only heard bad pop country, go listen to some good down-home country music or some, like, bluegrass. Like, listen to the Avid Brothers. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. that's a good country band. And, like, yep. see, see where you're at then, mm-hmm. right? Like, go listen to, like, Emotionalism by the Avid Brothers and, like, tell me that that's not, like – good that it's not yeah. soulful right even if it's not for you like and this isn't even country but we're talking about bluegrass uh punch brothers nickel creek and chris teeley anything if i can't not mention those while we're talking about that so those are punch brothers is probably one of my favorite bands of all time i would imagine i just feel like everyone's there. life would be better if, <laughs> if we were like more open to like giving stuff a shot instead yeah. of just being like i don't like this cap you yeah. know it's like there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. I, I'm learning that there. recently, especially I've realized that there's some biases that I just have with certain things, like especially music um, where, so Rob of Rule to Review, I don't know if you know his channel, um, but he also, like we have a lot of musical overlap in the metal kind of sphere, but anytime he talks about it, he's a little, he's, I think he just turned 40. So he's a little bit older than us. And he talks about his favorite bands and like some of them periphery or whatever, which by the way, every time I see the singer of periphery, I'm sure you've gotten this before, but you remind no. me so much of the, really? Okay. I'm, not, no, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. I mean, he also like dyes his hair different things. So like different pictures, you may or okay. may not look more or less like him, but something about his vibe and your vibe just resonate on the same wavelength. What's the guy's name? Uh, I don't remember his name. Um, periphery singer is it to do with the nose ring uh yeah i think so i could kind of see that uh they have similar beards spencer <laughs> sotello yeah 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 that's him that's him his and just in general his vibe like if you watch a music video of theirs or something like some i don't know something about it in any case but we listen to the same kind of stuff talking about the context was biases and all that his rob's favorite band is metallica 
and I have never been able to get into Metallica. And I realized it's purely because there were some kids in my high school that listened to Metallica, Iron Maiden, and like the classic metal stuff. Yeah. And were, they were super like down on newer metal that I was listening to at the time, The Devil Wears Prada, Under Oath, whatever. And also just they were jerks in general. So I just associate those bands with those kind of people, you know? And yeah. like, um, so I reached out to Rob last week and I was like, okay, I need to just like, just find out, you know, like, so where do I start? So all that to say, I'm, I'm not in love with Metallica or anything, but I've started to try to get over biases because I think that's important. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like a matter of like, I think recognizing that you have biases and like actively just trying to like open yourself up to the idea of, cause there's so many things I can, like I remember being like a snotty teenager who was into punk mm-hmm. rock and being like, I don't like rap and I don't like country. And then yeah, like, right. I listened to some and then was like, oh, it's actually pretty good. You know? um, <laughs> there's some bad rap and there's some bad country, but that doesn't encapsulate the whole. There's also plenty of bad punk, which I was, you know, like Absolutely, a lot of. yeah. So like, you know, it's like yeah. every genre has good. And I mean, ska is bad. just bad in general. So, <laughs> Whoa, Parker, come on, man. You can't just, you can't just take a shot across the bat like that. That's not right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously that was, that was purely MDP when you brought up under oath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're still on the first Q and a question. All right, moving on. I think we made some very good points. We've all learned some things. Let's keep going. Uh, seven asks salty or sweet licorice. I've never had salty licorice and I have no idea what that's about. It's, but. it's super popular in any Dutch origin countries. So like hmm. the Netherlands, obviously, um, Bianca is from, or is from South Africa. So that's like, there's a lot of Dutch people there. My mom grew up in Australia. There's a lot of Dutch people for some reason in Australia. Um, so my mom salty loves licorice. salty licorice. Disgusting. I, I, I'm, I know my mom loves it. I love my mom. So obviously wonderful people can love salty licorice. I am not one of those people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go sweet by default, I guess, but gonna go neither because i don't especially because it always tricks you out where it's like oh this is gonna be grape and then it's licorice if you buy like i don't know jelly beans or something like that sure yeah so i like licorice in moderation like every time i like uh there's this like bougie kind of like bagged licorice that they have Mm -hmm. at um at wawa sometimes that like i like but i always get it and i have like a few pieces and i'm like that's really good and then eventually i'm like <laughs> I don't want it anymore. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. I always I regret that. getting a bag of it. Like, this is way too much. Yep. Uh, I I assume Bianca salty. I'm guessing for you. Let me know. I'd be curious to know at this point. Questions from Twitter. First up from AJ, whoever that is, um, who said everybody's asking about the Switch Pro, but I want to know the real juicy deets. What features will the inevitable Switch Con have, and how much will Nintendo pay consumers? to use it i'm gonna say that the switch con uh mm-hmm. is native 540 resolution mm-hmm. uh it's gonna be um joy con uh drift <laughs> is one of the like top features that they, it's like instead yeah. of HD Rumble, every button drift all yeah. the buttons drift so like you could be hitting a and it's like B, I guess. Just, you know, why not? It's like Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Furious movie, yeah. but it's like, you know, it's that kind of vibe. Exactly. Um, and how much will they pay consumers to use it? I think uh, it'll only be for Nintendo influencers uh, who make YouTube videos once mm-hmm. a week 
um, mm. and then don't show up for their own podcast. <laughs> I think that's going to be the thing. Perfect. Then that that's the truth. Now you all know. Uh, Falcon, <laughs> Falcon asks, I wonder which is most likely to be announced. Super Mario Galaxy 3, Odyssey 2, Sunshine 2, Mario Teaches Typing 2. I mean... Mario I think we're all typing. typing. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, you know, really needs to know how to type. Actually, I think instead of teaching typing, they're going to go Mario teaches cursive. Really, you know, get the up and comers these days. I'll make sure that everybody yes, knows. There's something really relevant, you know, like <laughs> <Exactly>. cursive. <laughs> uh, Max Wright, who uh, we happen to be somewhat familiar with. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Max Wright asks, with the sad exit of our friend DJ from the Lupots team, Rip, who is now your favorite member? Side note, I didn't know DJ had left. And I was like, hey, DJ, we haven't gotten you on the podcast before. You want to join this Friday? And he was like, um, I can't, but also I'm not doing Lupots anymore. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it, is a, it is a real shame. Uh, thankfully, not for any, you know, it's yeah. no bad blood or anything like that. We love DJ. He's it's a... Busy. great guy he just needed to 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 step away from the content totally. life a little bit as um anyone who makes content can understand <laughs> so uh yeah rest in peace uh we miss you deej so who is now your favorite lupots member i mean you know it's it's steve obviously right i mean he's like my co-host you know like he's that's my ride or die right there man you know how many episodes of after dark we've done you know like i mean I do. yeah it's That's, it's like pitch black at this point. Yeah, right? We're sitting in the dark together, man. Steve's my boy. <laughs> uh, and the question two, who's your favorite large who's your favorite large bearded UK member of the team? Preferably one who works for a gambling affiliate and wears lots of trainers. Think carefully. Uh Chloe. Yeah, de- no, definitely Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's Max. I love you, Max. We do love Max. The, um, the the thing is now, I guess, I guess the fact that DJ is not around leaves an opening on the show for someone, uh, maybe some guy who wears trainers and like talks about Metroid a lot. I don't know. We'll, I see. we'll see who comes <laughs> along. Um, Scootish asks, do you think the new Xbox and PS5 will be readily available to those that want it? Or do you think because of the pandemic, only a lucky few will be able to get one and it'll be months before more are produced? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the latter. <sighs> Hundred percent. I think the latter. Yeah, kind of sucks, but I definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the case. Do you see that thing where Sony put up the thing where you can sign up (laughs) to have an opportunity pre-order for pre-order? Yeah. Yeah, So I did that. Um. So I'm not. I don't feel like my chances are that great. But we'll see how that works out. Um. I'm gonna see if I can like email them and be like, I'm an influencer. Don't look at my channel. It's not about (laughs) PlayStation. (sighs) Xbox might have an easier time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel that way, but they haven't talked about it as much. Where like originally the PlayStation Five was only gonna have like five million, and then they mm-hmm. increased the number because there was a lot of interest. But I think mm-hmm. you're probably looking at it in the neighborhood of like between I don't know seven and ten. Like I can't imagine it's mm-hmm. any more than that. That's not that many. So uh, I think it's gonna be tough. Yep, I agree. And I'm not trying to be out here buying either one so i'll be on easy street to be honest but i'm, try- I'm trying to get both of them I'm yeah crazy. at least on the plus side i'm not stealing them from any of y'all who are trying to get yeah, them so it's true you're welcome you can help me get your service actually that's true i could try keep your peepers open yeah <laughs> um aaron fields i this was a great question i uh, heard this in another video once would you rather dress like tingle for one week or have navi navi constantly in your ear for one month 
This is so easy. I would dress like Tingle for a week because, <laughs> A, it's quarantine. Who am I? Oh, no. I'm not going anywhere. But worst case scenario, I got to go to the grocery store or something, dress up as Tingle. Not uh-huh. that bad. And on all the podcasts I do in a week, it's a bit, right? Like, it's like, oh, Pete showed up dressed like Tingle. That's funny. Yeah. Then it's over. I'm done. Perfect. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, I feel like based on that logic, I'd say Ting- I, I was going to say Navi just for the laughs because, like, yeah, that's I always think Navi's a just super annoying, but just a funny, you know, bit or whatever as well. But this reminded me of a similar "Would you rather" that a friend of mine asked a long time ago. Um, he asked, "Would you rather be a toilet for a week or a dog for a year?" And I answered a dog for a year. And he was like, he was like, no, a toilet for a week. You're, you're not like you're, it's not like the toilet is your mouth or anything like that, blah, 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 blah. And like went on why toilet for a week is better. Cause like, it's just a week. People will be like, where'd he go? And then it's like, oh, he's back. It's been a week, but a dog for a year. Yeah. It's cool and all, but it's a year. And I was like, "Mm, dog for a year. And like, even if I understood some of his points, I was like, Dog for a year. Dog you know? for a year. You kidding me? Because <laughs> what you're saying is like, yeah, like, don't, don't get me wrong. My life will be wholly disrupted. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't I'm have to go dog. to work for a year. That's pretty <laughs> chill. <laughs> and then, I mean, he was also like, you can't tell anybody that it happened. Like, you can't really communicate it, blah, blah, blah. And like saying all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dog for a year. Um, so we argued about it over a period of several weeks where we were living uh, near each other and stuff. and. Then I get a text message at one point randomly in the future. And he says, Hey Parker, how's it going? I'm like, I'm doing all right. He was like, did you have a good year? And I was like, yeah. He's like, because you've been a dog for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, and like, ironically, that was the year in which I had met my wife. That was the year in which like all these wow. things that I'm like, point proven, but dog for a year. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> could have really messed uh, up your flow. It really could have, but. It was fun. So there was that story. Uh, Lou Fantini, who this one, I believe this, is one of yours. Yeah, this is, uh, this is my, um, the bass player in my band, Long Frame. Hey, nice. Um, asked, which Animal Crossing villager would be the worst roommate? I thought this was a great question. Navi. Uh, Tingle. Got it. <laughs> Nailed me, in one. It's got to be uh, Cherie. She was the villager who I famously have been trying to get rid of for my <laughs> the entirety of my playing New Horizons. Like she was like the uh-huh. third or fourth villager who showed up when like they just sell the plot and you don't get to like I didn't know and then I was like ah I don't like her and I didn't like her. <laughs> I forget the first game I experienced her in but Pocket Camp was where I really was like I hate her. Yeah. Um. So I yeah. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't know many villagers past the ones that i have so my experience um probably muffy i guess okay but that's yeah there there it is um next comment question this is from chad dominique who asked this is an interesting one worst case scenario nintendo announces slash releases nothing else notable this year and continues their quiet streak with a sprinkling of small indie showcases what speculative trajectory does that set them on for the next year we kind of talked about this earlier, but in a more kind of pointed, you know, question. I think sure. so. Here's here's my thoughts: is I think it all depends on how they start off 2021 at that point, because like it it kind of feels like okay, well, if stuff kind of sucks for the rest of the year, 
on a Nintendo front, like that's fine. Um, but if then the next year starts out all right, then it'll feel like, okay, it was, you know, worth it to now have like awesome stuff coming along. If we get into next year and it feels like more of the same, then I feel like that's, you know, um, that's the point where you could start seeing more people like selling their switches off or yeah. whatever, because they're just disenfranchised. And to be perfectly honest, like, I think if then like, so say January comes around and you know, this question mark number of people sold their switch because they were like, nothing's coming out for me anymore. The switch just isn't my bag, whatever I'm done. If then Nintendo was like, here's all this stuff we have coming back out. I think a number of those people would get a switch again and Definitely. be like, I'm hopping back on board. But I think also a, a chunk of those people would be like, whatever, sorry, I'm done. Like kind of like me with animal crossing updates, like they would have to do really, really substantial updates for me to bother coming back coming back at this point i'm like i'm happy i'm done and i was you know we had a ride it's done so that's kind of how i feel all that goes so for the core gamers but yes yeah so for me i think um i think that this year being quiet uh if if it is indeed quiet for the reasons that we talked about right? right um like if nintendo is sitting on software or if they have a bunch of software that was supposed to come out that has been pushed back in a window of six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. I think 2021 could arguably be the strongest year that Switch has had since 2017. Yeah, 100%. Because I don't think that 2018 or 2019 or even 2020 have been bad years for the Switch, but I think it's hard to argue that 2017 wasn't the best, considering yeah. that we got Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, uh, along with a bunch of other really good games. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, a lot of the big Nintendo games that came out then could be due for a sequel. Like, we know Breath of the Wild 2 is in development. I am confident it's coming out next year. Um, that is already a thing where if that game hits and it's as good as the first one, that makes 2020. They don't need to put out another game, and people will complain if they don't put out another game, but they won't need to put out another game right. if that game is that good. Uh Add to the idea that, like, there's supposed to be this Mario collection that may or may not be pushed to next year. There's the mm -hmm. possibility of an Odyssey 2. There's a possibility of, um, you know, like, the next game from the ARMS team. You know, like, there, there's a lot of uh, kind of bullets that have been fired that could be back in the chamber now, right? Like, we could get the announcement of a, of a follow-up to Three Houses. Not, like, a Three Houses 2, but the next Fire Emblem. Like, those are mm -hmm. all things that are reasonably you know, not necessarily all guaranteed to happen next year, but things that could happen alongside announcements. Mm -hmm. And that paints a better picture for where we're going moving forward. Like mm -hmm. the DLC for Pokemon's coming out this year. The announcement of a new Pokemon game is probably imminent. Like, yeah, we're gearing up for a lot of stuff again. You know, I think. Right. So and I mean, I, I think especially if, if stuff is pushed out of 2020 and I mean, it could mean that also then stuff that's in 2021 gets pushed alongside it, but that's true. theoretically, if it's not, then yeah, that just means that like what didn't come out this year will just strengthen an already question mark strong year, you know, probably. Yeah. So when you think about how many Nintendo franchises that like had smaller releases that like Kirby had a game like three mm -hmm. years ago, could be a new Kirby game around yep. the corner. Yoshi, you know, mm -hmm. like there's there's a lot of stuff that could still be in the pipe. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pretty confident 2021 is going to be a good year. Yep. 
So yeah, next question comes from Marco says, I've been wondering what the advent of quantum computing might mean for computing power and how it might affect the gaming industry in the future. Likely a problem for like the 2030s, but will things run smoother? Will be more graphically powerful? If, or might this not spill into the commercial at all? Alternatively, will Super Mario Sunshine come out for the Switch? So this is another one of my boys. This Polaris. is one of my co-hosts from the Comics yeah. Pals. If you're a comic okay. reader, check us out every Monday on your podcast platforms, the nice. Comics Pals. Thanks for writing in, Marco. Um, so I think, uh, like he said, this is like such a, a far-flung thing. But I think the thing that I'm most interested in is the stuff that I think we're just starting to see the surface scratched of now, mm-hmm. where it's less to me about what, like how much more realistic games can look like that's going to keep happening. Graphics will Mm -hmm. continue to get better, but like, I think we're hitting a plateau of how much that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think the thing that you're seeing this generation, that's going to be really interesting is how the amount of computing power allows you to make worlds that are more detailed and more Mm -hmm. developed and more lived in. um, And that feel like alive, you know? And I think about like um, how amazing it was to play like Skyrim for the first time. Mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, like, events happen organically in the world, and, like, if I die and reload a save, like, the same stuff won't happen walking down the road the same time. And, like, mm-hmm. those were things that were, like, really, really novel in mm-hmm. 2011 when that came out. Yeah. And now it's, like, you kind of take them for granted. But yeah. I think... I definitely that- do, because I played Skyrim for the first time in 2017, and none of that stuff stood out to me at all. Right, yeah. Because so it's like, oh, so many funny. games learn that now. You know, right. like Breath of the Wild does that really well. And yeah. um, that is the thing I think that makes open world games like the difference between them being like, I don't mean this as like a dig because there are mm-hmm. a lot of games I like like this, but like the kind of like Far Cry or like Ghost mm-hmm. of Tsushima was like this where it's an open world game and there's a lot to do and like you can get lost in the world and it feels authentic, but it's very much like check a box go do this thing. It's not about like water cooler moments. And that's Mm -hmm. what like Breath of the Wild's all about where it's like, oh, I stumbled across this thing that didn't necessarily need to be there. And like a bunch of my friends never saw. And like, those are the kinds of moments that I think like make a game Mm -hmm. feel like it's worth exploring. And that's the stuff that this kind of technology is really going to impact the most is like, we can have a hundred NPCs on a screen at the same time and they all have different animations and they all Mm -hmm. have different paths and like you know or you can have a game where there are splintering options and like something like you know detroit this generation where it's like where you know video games last gen maybe you had three options this one gave (laughs) you like 10 right imagine when it's like 50 you know and Mm -hmm. and those minute decisions that you make moment to moment can really matter and like what it looks like cyberpunk's going to be doing right? right like that's what I think is most interesting about the future of what tech means for games. Yeah, I think on a technological standpoint too, you know, like as far as whether things will spill into commercial or not, I think video games are always going to be at like the lowest or the medium common denominator as far as power goes, where like there's always going to be stuff that's more powerful than the, you know, mainline video game consoles. But I think they will try to keep up as much as they possibly can up to a point where, like you said, it kind of plateaus out. So the thing that's going to be interesting, too, is like at this point, there's enough power to make a video game character look almost exactly, you know, identical, like almost like a real person or whatever. But the tricky thing is more in 
how we consistently capture and recreate that, not just like, can the graphics do it? Like looking at a game like uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or whatever, like the people in that game look great. You know, like the obviously- hair. Yeah, like some more graphics power could make them look, go from like Uncanny Valley to just flawless, you know, probably. Right. But at the same time, that game is like mo-capping every single thing or whatever. Whereas then there's other games that are also going to be PS5. Like we saw some, I think in the Xbox, I don't know. We saw some that are next gen technically games that still are not doing any of that stuff and therefore look kind of bad still because it's like, we're not good at just making faces look like faces. We're good at capturing faces and making them look like themselves. And animating so, them, yeah. Right, exactly. So that's the thing. I think, you know, like as we progress, those are going to be the things that affect the like real graphical fidelity things. But then on the, yeah, ideally it'll be more gameplay based, like you said, where the more memory there is, the more any of that kind of stuff, the more you yeah. can do fun things. Well, and uh, on the, the commercial note, just one last note on this one. Um, I think you only need to look at VR to see mm -hmm. how games often drive technology. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the kind of technology that you're talking about will be applied in games first um, yeah. because that's often the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Unreal Engine, that whole interesting thing where like they use that to make, I mean, show, like the Mandalorian, and that's like the most yeah. common example, but, like news things and like all sorts of- or, Like the military uses stuff like to make like, you know, like, yeah. It, it, yeah, like the, there's a lot of examples of video games driving technology, yeah. period. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, the more important question though is alternatively, will Super Mario Sunshine come out for the Switch? Yeah, yes. yeah, 100%. I think it will. Yeah, I think it, I mean, again, it'll be part of that 3D collection thing, it sounds like, but um, it's, yeah, it seems like it's going to happen. So, yeah. There's that. So. And then the last batch of questions, um, which is so, yeah, here we go. From Discord, let's go. Falcon asks this one question that's a little bit long, but it's actually just one question. Since we're almost out of relevant Wii U game support to Switch, what Wii slash GameCube games, assuming Nintendo doesn't make GameCube and Wii games available on NSO or some other service, would you like to see make the jump? Side note, I have a video planned for at some point of pretty much this exact thing. Nice. So, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but... Falcon says, personally, I'd like F-Zero GX as a port or remaster with some deluxe features. I could go on all day about what that means. Mario Kart Double Dash was a great game with any unique experiences and a unique experience. The land play could be upgraded to a fully online experience. Having the thousand year door would likely pacify the diehard Paper Mario fans. Wario Land Shake It was a great game. The hand-drawn visuals, that soundtrack, the overall experience was great. Definitely needs new life in Switch. So here's the thing, this is spoiler-ish for whenever I make this video, but the fact that Wii U, the Wii U well is drying up, like you said, um, I think like Xenoblade Chronicles, which I, I don't know for sure if that fits into what I'm about to say, Xenoblade Chronicles, definitely Skyward Sword, assuming it happens, which it seems like it's going to, um, are the beginning of Wii games getting ported because there's no way to port them easily. Well, Skyward Sword can't just be ported. You have to do a remaster because of the controls and stuff. And there's a number of Wii games that I think they would like to live on in the future. But whereas they can just like, you know, eventually put GameCube games on modern hardware without having to think too hard about the controls or anything like that, they won't be able to do that with Wii games. So I think 
that's the way they technically because of the you could use joy cons for a lot of that functionality but like it would have to be adjusted yeah and even if you know like maybe the next switch doesn't have remove you know joy cons in the same way or something so i'm wondering if that's something where they um use this opportunity to like cement this is the forever version of this game of skyward sword of wario land shake it kind of it's like waggle controls but you know and like mario galaxy um and all that kind of stuff so you know kind of just go ahead and bite the bullet make the transitions and um you know go from there but otherwise i think gamecube eventually will be part of nintendo switch online but it's so far down the road and i think they'll port a bunch of the games anyway as remasters in addition to that yeah i don't know i don't know that we'll get gamecube on nso like i would like to see it but i wouldn't like i don't know that it would be till we the next system to be first. exactly right yeah. yeah it's it's a while away I, yeah if, if it exists right. um in terms of what games i'd like to see uh custom robo is a gamecube mm-hmm. game that i love that is super rare and mm-hmm. hard to come by and i would it's called chibi robo but go on no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh and i had another one in mind that was a wii game um um oh you know what um I would love to see the uh, like the Pikmin one and two collection. That's what I was about to say. That'd be great. Look at that. Yeah, I think Pikmin one and two would be great. Um, Super Mario Sunshine sounds like you know it will be coming yeah. anyway. Galaxy um, as well. Yep, Galaxy Double Dash, obviously, like you said. Um, but then otherwise, can we import the be... original Animal Crossing? Yeah, and like original Luigi's Mansion stuff. Like, there's I, I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of games on there that could just come over the reality is i want all of the nintendo published games available exactly that's it just give me all of them it's going to be so much harder for nintendo than it is for xbox for example because it's you know because of this i don't know it's just an interesting because nintendo doesn't want you to have the games that's (laughs) why that's why is it earthbound on the switch don't lie to me nintendo it's on the the super nintendo classic i got it i paid for it give me it (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Pat Green, Poopsmith asks, since there's a reduction in Will Wolf in the, in the world, when can he come on the Fanatics 4 podcast? And I guess, what would he even talk about? So this is on the Wolf Den. Um, Will, Bob's brother, is stopping making videos um, for, because he was the one that did comic book videos and stuff like that. Um, but he's not going to be doing it any longer. So, which is sad. And I need to mention some, I need to message him or whatever. But yeah. Honestly, I'm still, I'd still very much like him to come on the podcast, even if he's not doing Wolf Den stuff. So there you go. He did Here's just that. walk away from making content. So I maybe give him some time. <laughs> Unacceptable. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cowboy asks, what is the number one thing each of you would like to see added or upgraded in a new, in the new Switch family model that's being rumored, assuming it's still in this generation of Switch and not a next-gen Switch. Also, Parker, have you been cast as the new voice actor for Kermit? Do you have um, a good Kermit? So it all started when I think it was Ella, but Max mentioned it to me, but Ella was listening to Max listen to a video of mine and she was like, is that Kermit? And then they laughed about it and he told me that. <laughs> And since then, I've had several comments that are something to the effect of like, kind of sound like Kermit. So at the beginning of this week's video, the first sentence or two was in a Kermit voice on purpose. And I called out and I was like, okay, since everybody's, you know, 
mentioning this, then here you go. There it is for fun. I love um, it. Yeah. But the funny thing is I noticed, and it's only when I record, I feel like for the videos, because the way that I talk is just like more, I don't know. It's just, I end up just talking different, but um, the, there were times after I stopped doing the impression that I felt like I sounded more like Kermit in my regular <laughs> and now it's like in your head. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the worst. Uh, so yeah, there's that. But the real question there was, um, what's the number one thing you'd each like to see added or upgraded in the new Switch family model that's being rumored? 1080p handheld, baby. That's it for me. Yeah. I mean, I think to accommodate that, they need to give it the more power because I would just say a little bit more juice. Yeah. A little more under the, the hood. The two kind of, you know, go together so that, um, yeah. I feel I, like we that, cheat. We both, that's it. Both of them. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say that to be perfectly honest. That's like the main thing. There's a lot of other nice quality of life features, but that's the thing that I most want. Mm -hmm. uh, Joker asked, when do you think the PS5 and Series X will come out and how much will each one cost? I think they will both come out in November. Uh, mm -hmm. There's currently a rumor that PS5 is coming out uh, in the middle mm -hmm. of November and that the Xbox will be out about two weeks beforehand. Oh, I'm willing to take that to the bank. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily which one will come first, but I think November right. in that window, that's, you know, that's generally when consoles come out. Yep. That's when the last batch did. So it makes sense. Um, how much will they cost? I have gone back and forth on this a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that the PlayStation 5 is going... I think they're both going to want to hit $500. Yeah. I, I don't know that they both will. Because I mm -hmm. think it would make sense for the Series X to cost maybe closer to 6 mm -hmm. But I could also see Microsoft being willing to take it on the chin to be competitive. So mm -hmm. I think between five and $600 is where... I don't think they'll be more than 6 I don't think they'll be less than 5 Yeah. Agreed. I mean, and the interesting part will also be the Series S stuff if that happens. And I'd guess yeah. that that's $300 and all digital would be. And then also, assumption. is the discless, how much cheaper is the discless PS5? Because right. you got to imagine that'll be at least 50 to 100 I feel like only $50 cheaper to be. Pro like, I don't know that it Blue can uh, cost. Disc drives are expensive. Really? Like $100 yeah. expensive? It could be. Wow. I didn't know. Well, so that's what I was going to wonder too, is like, cause I, I kind of like, I was looking at getting an Xbox one X partly because we don't have a Blu-ray player in our house. We just have really old DVD players um, <laughs> that are like the $20 ones anyway. And it would just be nice to have something to play like game pass and stuff on, but um, I'm not going to get a series X and the one X's are pretty much out of stock these days. So if a one S came out and you could get a peripheral Blu-ray player or whatever, then that'd yeah. be cool. But at that point, it sounds like it's it would be at least $50 for just the disc reader anyway. So I don't know, probably not worth it. We'll see. But yeah, I, I'd imagine about the same. Like I, I really think $500, not because, only because of the marketing reasons of it, not because of the manufacturing costs and all that. Like, I don't know how much it's gonna cost to make. Maybe they can't afford to go that low, but I think for sales reasons, they need to if they possibly can you know what i mean yeah well and you have to think the the nice thing about the digital stuff too is uh they get a better cut on software so they can also sell, afford to sell it at a better loss because they make their money back quicker that's very true yep um next questions a bunch from grimhane first question how has pete enjoyed his first ever time on the podcast oh it's been great i hope you'll have me back back again soon yeah 
it's been great. He hopes that we'll have him back again soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then he goes on to ask, will, when will the PS5 Pro and Xbox Series X to the power of X launch? <laughs> to the precise year, month, day, and hour. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, okay, wait, I got to see what day of the week these dates are before I say anything. Let's I'm going to say 2024, um, October 17th, uh, 9.13 a.m. I don't know what day of the week October 17th is, but 17th, 2024. I'm going to say Xbox comes out. I'm not getting into the hour or whatever because it's 9:13 a.m. It's okay. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Uh so the 6th, November 6th for the Xbox, okay. November 13th for the PS5. Okay. That's Sounds where I'm good. At. Oh wait, I are you talking about the the standard PS5 and Xbox Series X? Because he was asking about the PS5 Pro and the Xbox Series. Oh my God, he said the, the oh oh. So okay, I mean, uh, it does <laughs> those same dates, but yeah, years later. Perfect, <laughs> that's the one. We got it. Uh, how many Twinkies are too many? If Pete doesn't know what a Twinkie is, here's a handy link for him. Who doesn't like, know what a Twinkie is? If I don't know what a Twinkie is, I'm an American. I know what a Twinkie is. Uh, how many uh, one Twinkies is too many Twinkies? How many come in a package too? Right? Two, I think. Yeah. That's probably enough. Yeah. <laughs> Reasonably. I did in, um, in like middle school, I really liked the, what is it? Like raspberry and coconut or whatever, which is a weird combination. Oh, snowballs? I think so. They're like, they were the shape of Twinkies, which I don't know if that's the normal way that they are, but. Oh, maybe that's something else. I, th- I want to say it was snowballs, but I think maybe there were like Twinkie shaped snowballs or sure. something. I really liked those in middle school, but. I like the. I uh, a long, long time. You know, they have the, the Hostess cupcakes. They have the orange mm-hmm. ones, though, instead of the chocolate ones. Oh, interesting. Very good. Very Is good. Is it like orange chocolate flavored or just it's, like orange flavored? An orange cake, orange icing, and then uh, the same white cream. Okay. Interesting. It's good. Um, Is Brooklyn Nine-Nine a good show? Okay. He says if Pete hasn't seen it, he has homework before. Can uh, He can be invited to appear on the podcast for the first time. If Parker hasn't seen it, judging shall happen. Obvious. You know us. I'm sure we've talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine on here before. I think, I think the actual first time I came on the show, we <laughs> talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm a big so fan good. of yeah. uh, sitcoms in general, but mm-hmm. specifically the, the Michael Schur, yeah. like the, all those. I'm rewatching you know, The Office right now, by the way, and season one is so painful, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Parks and Rec is the best one of, the, of any of them now, so that's my hot take. I don't know... I wouldn't disagree with that, but I don't know that I would state it super fervently either. I, I just did all... spicy hot takes. Ooh, look at that. Spicy. Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> is great. Yeah. Um, it, great show. I'm curious how they're going to do, because they, they canned a whole, like, half a season. They'd oh, yeah, I think something. it was, like, four episodes they had totally okay, written gotcha. that they scrapped. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I'm really glad that they're doing that, though, because oh, it's fully making agree. me believe that maybe I'll still be able to enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Real I mean, life, even really, just that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, put a real damper on my enjoyment of that show, I'll tell you what. Yeah, for sure. Not that it's not good. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Context. Yep. Um, if my washer takes one hour and my dryer takes 45 minutes and I have four loads of laundry to do it at, at what time do I need to start doing laundry to be done by exactly 3 p.m.? Don't do it at all. I don't care. You're good. <laughs> good luck. 
Next question. Uh, why do hot dogs and hot dog buns come in different quantities? Because capitalism is out to get you, brother. That's I mean, why. very true. But do they? I feel like it's eight and eight. Is it not? I always. I get oh, to tell you, I don't know. Maybe it's 10 and eight. I think it could be 10 and eight. 10, 10 hot dogs, eight buns. And 100%, that's capitalism. There's, yeah, so many things the grocery stores do. Oh, uh, Food Theory. Go check out Food Theory's channel. Uh, it's, oh, it's brand new, right? It is brand new. I didn't and know that was a thing until yesterday. It's the, I mean, it's, you know, it's the same game theory, film theory guys and stuff um, who Dan, who comes on here every once in a while is their senior editor. So we, we stand Dan. We stand um, Dan. But, uh, but yeah, maybe, food theory. maybe you use the extra hot dogs to put in your macaroni and cheese, which is oh, gross, but people do do it. Interesting. Yep. Maybe I can see it. Um, what is the average airspeed velocity of a blade and swallow African or European? You tell me. What is your That's quest? All. <laughs> Hello. Uh, is this AJ's departure from the podcast? Are he and Will teaming up to bring us the first and only Static Shock game YouTube channel? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we waited until the end of the episode. I am AJ's replacement. Welcome oh. to the New World Order. <laughs> You're AJ. I mean, I'm AJ like, now. Fully changed name, everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm really good at Smash. Come fight me. So good. Duncan asks, why is the pumpkin spice latte the greatest innovation known to man? And why does liking them make me a basic white chick? And cowboys because people said, will not let people enjoy things. And just like we said earlier, look, just check your bias at the door. And if you can't <laughs> do that, just shut up. Okay? There's nothing wrong with people liking yeah. pumpkin spice. Just drink your latte. Okay? I'm pumpkin spice. You like whatever? It? Or no, I just it? am. I and like in the Spice Girls, they've got Baby Spice. Oh, your pumpkin cinnamon spice. Is there cinnamon spice? Scary spice? No, there's not. I think it's it's baby, baby scary, scary, sporty, sporty, posh, and posh, ginger. It's close to cinnamon. Pretty close. I'm pumpkin spice. Um, and cowboy. Spice is good. Why does Duncan participate in such barbaric practices? And then I think he had something of murdering pumpkins. Um, Look. I'm just saying, I, I don't drink coffee, so like pumpkin spice latte is not for me, but uh, if you can look me in the face and tell me that you don't enjoy a nice pumpkin spice donut, cookie, a nice pumpkin pie, mm -hmm. something wrong with you. You're the problem, <laughs> okay? There it is. That's my hot take. And that is about it for the episode. We are done talking. Show. Forever. Um, AJ is now here. This is the new AJ. What a wonderful time. Uh, hey. Everybody have a good old time. We'll see you around sometime soon. Bye.